Hello gamers from around the world, this is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of The World of Gaming, your number one podcast where we discuss everything that the world of gaming has to offer and today we do that with a newly energized wandering Dutch, my man, how are you doing? Yes, yeah, I am. I'm energized. I'm, uh, I'm starting to feel a little bit more normal at the minute. Um, so yeah, I'm back. Um, might, might jump into the cesspit that is Twitter again over the weekend. Mm. And start again. We'll see. I'm kind of revitalized now. Might start some fights. <laughs> feeling feisty. It's awesome. Man, that's the energy we need for this, this show here today because we've got so many things to discuss. Uh, just like an hour before the show started, man. Um, we had breaking news um, how Xbox is uh, reorganizing yeah, their, uh, their, their, their organ gaming organization. But of course, we had the Xbox preview partner program yesterday. Some cool games. We will definitely discuss that. We have actually some interesting news on uh, some things that are going over uh, on over there at Sony and, and PlayStation. Um, David Chaffee came clear with a couple of things. We will definitely discuss it. That we have the Xbox earning report, Starfield breaking records, Satya Nadella talking about future Xbox plans. We have some controversy around the disk drive for the PS5 Slim or whatever <laughs> it's called. Yep. Alan Wake is coming out tomorrow, man. And there is so much to discuss here. And so we're going to have an awesome show here today. We, uh, we have a lot more topics. I don't know whether we get to all of them. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be a great show. We do our best. We do yeah. our best. And Dutch, this time I did not forget about the community questions like I did last yeah. week. So we have <laughs> actually tons of community questions and some really good ones. So um, definitely make sure to stick to the end of show of the show uh, because there are some really cool uh, community questions out there. But first, I need to welcome our awesome community. Um The chat is filling up. Uh, people are already uh, <laughs> discussing the things that are happening in gaming right now. So big shout out to you guys. But of course, also big welcome to everyone who listens after the fact, either here on YouTube or on the podcast services around the globe, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Welcome. We're going to have an awesome show. We have a lot to discuss. We are energized. And that's not just because of Twitter. No, that's not the reason. But it's a fantastic time to be a gamer. There's so much to play. So everyone in the chat, let us know what you guys have been playing. And of course, Dutch, what what kept you busy in gaming? Yeah, so in gaming, I've been I've been doing a bit of catching up on a, on a few things. So <laughs> I finished Starfield. I'm on New Ooh. Game Plus now. Oh, so no spoilers here, but how did you enjoy the ending? Let me put on some footage. I prepared some footage for Starfield today. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the ending was... It was the, the little surprise when you run into the ship. Yeah. That was cool. But then I got slightly annoyed at the end because you get things that you can't keep when you do New Kim Plus. <laughs> so it made zero yeah. sense. Like, you pick up exotic weapons 
and then immediately lose them because you've got no like as soon as you do new game plus they're gone so it's like what's Everything's the point gone everything <laughs> like, except your stats why did i get these weapons there's nothing to, like as soon as you've got and done that you go through the portal and that's it <laughs> so like why why did i get these weapons it's they're useless it's honestly like i i could have lived with losing my suit and my helmet which also were pretty awesome uh, uh but i had this one rifle it was like basically the only rifle I used because every other weapon I picked up was like useless when compared yeah. to that particular rifle. I modded it out. It it's, was a legendary and I really missed that one um, in New Game Plus. Uh, of course, you lose your ship as well. Uh, didn't bother me too much. Uh, as soon as I had enough credits, I started building an, uh, a new ship again. And at least this time you can directly start with class C ships because you keep your stats, you know. Yeah. But, but yeah. But did you when you, when you got the option when you started again, mm-hmm. did you do the option to restart the entire story as constellation, or did you go down the opposite route mm. where you just collect the remaining artifacts? No, I started uh, the the entire again. story again. Yeah. Ah, I was see, I went yeah. the opposite route. Yeah, because, I did that because first. Because that's where the story changes. I know, I know. I started, I started, um, I, I saved. I, I, I went back and saved before you made this decision, you know, mm-hmm. and then I started with the option to skip the the, the story and everything. Um, and just re- collect the rest of the uh, the artifacts and, and stuff. And I am, I, I don't, don't know, it didn't feel right. Because I did like all the faction quests and 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 stuff, and I was like, hmm. Now, I actually, I want to do them again and do do some choices differently. And then I like after two hours into new game plus, I went back, loaded the save mm-hmm. file before the decision, and then made the decision to do the story again. And it, and 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 now I'm already deep into new game plus and I will never go back and do it differently. But if I had to choose again, I probably would stick with skipping the story because like you said, it changes a lot of things. I hear a lot of things of people that I talk to. I'm not going to spoil anything. And I don't know if that, that will be the case when I finish it again, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think so that it will go in the same direction, you know, so yeah, yeah, not sure if, if that was the, the 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 right choice to make, but yeah, here we are, man. Uh, now I can do a lot of things differently, especially with the faction quest lines. I intend to uh, do a lot of th- different choices, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. So other than completing Starfield and starting New Game Plus, mm. um. And then crying the fact that I lost a ship that I spent hundreds of thousands on and made into like a mega ship. So yeah. Apart from crying over that and and then worrying about having to build up credits and build a new ship again. Um, I've been playing Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Ooh. Playing through that. And, Sweet. And finishing off Jedi Survivor, 
which I left until it was patched. It's a good point. So How is it running three, now? Uh, really nice. Really smooth. Yeah. No issues. Yeah. I don't know how far I am in, um, but I put a good, I'd like to say a good six, seven hours into it the other day. Okay. So um, I've took a good chunk out of it. I'll be doing that again on the weekend. Um, so No spoilers here, but did you have this one action sequence where you are on this, um, pla you know, desert planet? With with the I mean some high some high up kind of sky platforms and there's like loads of um, oh yeah 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 I know I Wait. don't know how far that is yeah I would say two thirds in oh good good so I'm not too far off finishing it then yeah yeah nice nice good I wasn't yeah. aiming to like a hundred percent it like a lot of people have I might end up accidentally doing that um but yeah it's I'm enjoying it. To be fair, it's yeah. it's 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 fun, and yeah. I've I've missed. To be fair, you know what it is. I missed. I put a little short up the other day. I missed the the silly little quirks and the the droids with the um, daft voices and mm -hmm. kind of silly sayings and things. Like I picked some one droid up, and he was like, "Oop, this is new," and then I threw him off, and he showed, he was like, "Goodbye," as he yeah. was falling to his death. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like, "That <laughs> cracked us up." It is it is so, a fantastic game. Honestly, I mm. I played it all the way through. Well, I I usually don't hundred percent games. You know, I'm I'm not the guy, yeah. an achievement hunter. I don't care about those. Uh, uh, and I usually play the game just the way I want to. You know, do side quests, do the main story. But I'm never going after like collectibles in in, in games or so. It's just not. Not my thing, but um, yeah, it it I had a blast playing it. It was just I had a smile from start to finish when I played that game, with all its flaws and especially in the like, you know, open areas uh, in the in the cities and so on. The frame rate dips were kind of annoying, um, but yeah at the end of the day i just had a blast playing it and uh it's always a good sign if you're smiling all the way yeah. through a, a playthrough of a game so um yeah definitely i don't know what my next game's gonna be after this you know i don't know what it's gonna be like i'm i'm kind of glad i'm in starfield new game plus now because it means i can kind of just chill out a bit i don't have to I, i'm not playing all the time now yeah. and i can kind of just say okay right i've done the first one the second one i can kind of just relax a bit i don't Like I don't have to focus on a story or anything like that. Yeah. Um so it means I can kind of focus a little bit more on other games now. Yeah. So I'm I'm thankful I can play Phantom Liberty, which is it's enjoyable so far, especially the opening sequence. Like I can't wait for you to play it because I think you you're gonna love Phantom Liberty. I, I, I know um, I'm gonna love it. But I told you that before. If I would play it now in the middle of in between all those great games, I would just like rush through it and i mm. am so looking forward to to this um that i want to want to take my time and i do i'm gonna play it probably in december or so when when things are starting to slow down a little bit because gaming the gaming really schedules right now is are yeah. crazy man so yeah good, some good stuff you're playing there some good well, stuff yeah there's one that came out today on game pass yes yeah 
Um, I was waiting for it for Game Pass because I knew it was going to drop into the Game yeah. Pass, which is why I didn't buy it. I, yeah, we all <laughs> knew it will eventually come because, you know, EA uh, Access or what it's called. Um, yeah. Dead Space, the remake has launched. Yeah, I, I haven't played the remake uh, yet. Same. So Same. Uh, I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm going to shit my pants. But <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm, but I'm... I'm 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 probably going to pick up Alan Wake 2 very soon as soon as I finish Spider-Man because that's basically the main game I've been playing Spider-Man yeah. 2 and um I actually recorded footage of Spider-Man 2 but then I realized like you can't play that game and show footage without spoiling anything yeah it's mm-hmm. like impossible uh even even though I kind of folk, tried to focus on on some side stuff and 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 shit, but if you record one hour of footage, you have definitely like three or four sp- major spoilers in there because it's a yeah. fast-paced game. You know, like the the pacing of the story beats and even the side quests, you know, is like kind of quick. And um, so I decided not to show Spider-Man footage here today, even though it's a fantastic-looking game. Um, that's I a know. problem with a lot of the, that's a problem with a lot of the again with the PlayStation you can, you can record all the PlayStation games but you can't use them on podcasts you yeah, can't because you can't. they're all story games <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, uh, like with Starfield I, you can record like three hours and you've done pretty much nothing you've just explored planets and killed yeah, people yeah exactly exactly and even if you play like story content like without having like sound on or so you you usually don't spoil too much you know of course there are certain parts yeah. in the story we have to be careful but for the most part you you definitely can show that uh so yeah One that's thing why i want to say for people in chat as well who haven't played the dead space remake yeah <clears throat> they've added 3d audio and completely revamped the audio on this one so yes play with headphones like i know it's going to make you all shit your pants when you play with headphones because it's creepy as out but do it because the audio on Dead Space has been massively, not only improved, but massively applauded by the industry for like how good the audio is in yeah. that game. So if you're going to do that. Yeah, we'll <laughs> definitely do that. Yeah. Um, I have the Steel Series 7X uh, sitting right there that I use with my Xbox and uh, it's a fantastic headset. And uh, yeah, Dead Space is definitely going to make good use of that. So mm-hmm. I agree. But yeah, man, Spider-Man 2... I know it's like, you know what my problem is with the game? It's not flawless. It definitely isn't. There are glitches. There, I, I had it even once crash to the um, to the, the dashboard um, yeah. of, of, of the PlayStation. Um, it's absolutely no, not flawless. Uh, no doubt. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. But like when it launched my entire Twitter timeline was like full of people actively looking for glitches. Yeah. And uh, there's only one that I've just, seen that's, that's not glitch related. And that was Uso Vinny who was getting like, he's he's, he's platinumed it, but during his playthrough, every time he finished a main, a main quest line, yeah. like a chapter or whatever, uh, or, or a main mission, it would crash the console, the dashboard. Mm. 
every time. He was like, I'm getting fed up with this and I can't wait to finish it now just so I don't have to play this. Yeah. I mean, even Insomniac is kind of not immune to the... The, the, the general problem that a lot of gaming releases had this year, like yeah. launching with issues, launching with bugs, launching with performance problems, uh, and not even Insomniac is immune to that. Um, and it's, it's like with every release that has these kind of issues, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that, you know? Um, but it's also like, kind of annoying because at the very end of the day it's still a super fun game yeah and and when you see the only thing that people do with with the game or talk about the game is trying to actively look for problems uh, to be able to post oh i found this glitch and that glitch and so yeah man i'm having a blast with it it's a fantastic story this the uh, Really, really good um, Spider-Man story. The pacing of of the story is like you you never feel like oh now it's it's like a drag. Even though there are certain parts in the game where you play as Peter Parker or Miles and yeah. only basically walk around, have no Spidey abilities and whatnot, uh, it kind of helps to like okay you know exactly that after this sequence you, you're going to get into another bombastic set piece uh, there are some really really good and impressive <clears throat> set pieces man there was a, a chase where you would chase black cat um in the game incredible fun like really cool idea to do a, a chase like that um and yeah the combat feels best it's ever been in, in these Spider-Man games. It's almost yeah. as good as the Arkham, <laughs> you know, uh, flaw, uh, free, what's it called? Like freestyle combat um, system. It's um, it's really, really good. They revamped the, the, the action abilities you can do in, uh, in the combat really well. And yeah, technically, it's a beautiful, a beautiful game. Like, mm -hmm. the vistas out there are amazing. Uh, of course, if you go, like, down into the streets and, and go close to some of the NPCs, they look like shit. But that's not usually how you see the game because most of the time you're fighting, you're swinging, you're flying. The wingsuit is phenomenal and you have these beautiful skylines of New York. Uh, it's a it's a really really good game. I'm I'm having a blast with it. Um, yeah, not my kind of game. I've I've already. I know you're not before. a superhero fan, man. For whatever reason, so how can you not be you know, a superhero it's, fan? It's not so much that you know because I like there was one game that I really enjoyed that was superhero ish kind of Marvel, and that was the Guardians of the Galaxy game. I thoroughly mm. enjoyed that. That was, was a, a phenomenal game. A lot yeah. of stuff in that that was enjoyable. Like it had an amazing soundtrack with great music. It had like an enjoyable cast of characters with really good acting. Mm. Had a good story, good combat. Yeah, like everything about it was visually it was pleasing. Absolutely. Like, yeah, it was a really good game. But it's not just that because like I'm not a fan of the Arkham games, and everyone loves them. I'm not like it's it's not just Marvel. It's not like Spider or anything. I, I probably pick up and I hope. They have the do is an 18 or an R rated game, and mm. I hope Wolverine is that R rated game because I'd, I'd love to see how they do that. Yeah, I'd love to be able to slice things up and stuff. That might be 
interesting to me. But it was certain things with some of these superhero games that just don't make sense, which puts us off like Spidey's like this super strong and guy, it's, but it's, it's video games, superheroes. Yeah. What are you expecting? Yeah, no, but of it's course like, the things yeah, don't make sense. No, but I meant more more like and you see it you see it in, in the films, Spidey'll punch like a, a regular guy and he's and that's it, he's done for and then he just floats off. Yeah. But in the game, you're punching regular guys and it takes like five, ten hits. You're like, no, he's got super strength. What's going on? <laughs> like, but man, in like every shooter, yeah. If if, yeah. if in reality someone takes a bullet to the head, they are dead. And yeah. They are look at games like The Division or so, where you shoot like yeah. twelve thousand bullets into someone's head before he dies. So, yeah. man, yeah, I know, I know. Let but me it's, catch yeah, up on some supers. Okay. Yeah, of course. I was going to say Spidey is an mm. okay game. I uh, I enjoyed, thought it was worth Spidey one. I haven't played Miles Morales. I know that one's classed as kind of the best in terms of even though it's a shorter experience, sure, the best Spidey was. Um, but it wasn't something that, and even now seeing this one, it's like not, still not something that makes me want to rush out and get it. Mm. I'm like, I'll get it at some point, but it is no, I, I don't feel a need to, I I'm not getting FOMO from the game, for instance. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't understand you sometimes. <laughs> Toronto uh, Chase sends in the first super chat of the day, $2. Thank you so much. He says, Call of Duty needs its own version of Forge. Yeah. But to whom are they going to sell all these map packs that they call a new game uh, every year? But I agree, man. Uh, and I, given like the tendency what Microsoft did over the last years, like putting more focus on user-created content, I could see them uh, do something like that eventually. And uh, I mean, with the new organization, it, it it looks like they are trying to bring everything closer together anyway. So um, yeah, who knows? Um, and then TJ follows up with the $2 and said, um, Xbox should pick up Connie Booth. I have no yeah, idea who fired. is that. Ah, that's the, 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 the PlayStation yep. uh, lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We, we're going to have so much to say about that uh, a little later in the show. Um, like, first, uh, we had, okay, someone from PlayStation I had never even heard before. So that's why I couldn't, uh, from the top of my yep. head, connect the name to, to that. Uh was fired, so who cares? But then... David Chaffee came out and clar clarified a lot of things about that and what's going on actually in the PlayStation Studios. And, ah, uh, man, this, this is going to be a big yep. topic a little later. Um, but first, man, yesterday Xbox had the Xbox Partner Preview Showcase. I knew, Sorry, no, did we you, get to the Super Chat or did we forget to read the Super Chat? Did I forget, it, forget to read the Super Chat? I don't know. Was it? Did you read out Drone TJ's one? Am I am I losing the plot yeah, here? Yeah. Oh no, you did. You just read it. Jesus, wept. <laughs> this is ADHD, you. you know. This is what <laughs> this is what happened. Literally two seconds ago. My God. Uh, all good, man. Right. We, we rather uh, double check here uh, before we miss one because I always feel bad if I miss a super chat, man. Uh, so, okay. Where were we? 
I don't know. You 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 t- you threw me out the lane, man. Now, so we wanted to talk about the Xbox Partner Program. It was yes. announced on very yeah. short notice, like three days in advance uh, or so. Yeah. And um, it aired yesterday. Thirty minutes. Um, only third-party games, like yeah, hence the name. Um, so yeah, a lot of uh, games were shown. What, what did you think about this uh, showcase? The format, the games you've shown, they've shown. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts, and of course, let us know yeah. in the chat what you thought. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is, is from the outset, they said this is third-party games. Um, the putting the Xbox via absolutely nothing following the acquisition yeah. is about is about <laughs> ActiBliz. There is nothing in this about ActiBliz, so don't expect anything. This is literally just third parties, including these five games, and then they didn't say anything else. Um, they also said it's just going to be back-to-back trailers. It's not going to be anything else. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be half an hour long. I was like, right, okay. Uh, my expectations are exactly where they need to be. We're going to see some third-party games, including Alan Wake, Ark, and a few others. Mm. Sweet. Um, what I liked about it immediately was the fact that, and I, I would love to see them do this on the big Xbox showcase as well, is they did this little QR thing where they said full interview or yes. in-depth thing right here. And I was like, that is that is ingenious. That is exactly how it should be. You want to see more? You want to learn more? Follow this link. Follow this link. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice thoughts. Perfect. Exactly, man. Uh, I can't it's remember not, that anyone did it like developers that. Coming on and doing these long-winded explanations that you know you don't need that. Show the awesome trailer. Free up space for other trailers. And it means that you can have, if somebody is really intrigued, they can mm. just QR it. There we go. Yeah. Pick it up. I agree. Unbelievable. Really good format. Love that. Pyro Madsen's in a two-pound super chat. Is <laughs> Dutch more sleep, less lad Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, I played Ishin as well, like the dragon Ishin. I forgot about that. Oh, is uh, it? Uh, All right. The problem, you know what it is? The problem with the like a dragon games and... and, and Sorry to development teams that create these these Yakuza games, but they just they look outdated. Mm-hmm. They look so outdated. And this is Ishin we're talking about. This is the game that came out like only a, a matter of months ago. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like it's about a it's year. It's like within a year. Yeah, within yeah. a year. I don't even Something. know if it's a full year. But yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it I'm not a look... Yakuza fan either, man. And it's not not yeah, it's just the right. visuals. It's just, it's, just, it's just yeah, the visuals are just way outdated, but. The combat and things like that is just like it's pretty basic. It's basic um, and and simply the, these the cut, these so the many cutscenes. Cut I oh, think in like I'm, the two hours that I had a stream on, yeah, I probably played about twenty five minutes. <laughs> That's a long time for that. That's my problem with these. Uh, the the last one was um, Dragon, yeah, Kusa like a dragon, blah blah, uh, you know. And I tried it. Played like three hours and i it felt like i only actually played like 10 15 minutes or so and and the rest was cutscenes and yeah yeah i know if people enjoyed i i'm always glad and they showed yesterday the uh what's it called uh, uh the next yakuza game they actually opened this show the show with it uh yeah not for me not for me but the game that they shown after that yakuza sims see, yeah <laughs> see <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was like, 
when it came on the screen, we were all like, what? This is not what I expect from a Yakuza game. It's a Sims game. It's yeah. A, it's a, what? It's like... <laughs> and then they probably shown the, all the, that there is in gameplay from the first 10 hours of the game and the rest yeah. of the of that uh, is, is cutscene. So I don't know. Not Not for me, but the game after that still wakes the deep. Yes. That looks awesome, man. It looks, and you know what it is, though? Still Wakes the Deep looks like, and people might or might not like these kind of games, but it looks like it's going to be a Layers of Fear slash Outlast kind of game where it's more it's more a horror experience that you walk along and you have yeah. to escape. You, not combat or anything like that. Yeah, It's mainly just the story that you're following. Story, you atmosphere, like jump scares, yeah. and yeah. yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. It's I like those kind of games at times. It's like a little bit of a breather. You don't have to think about anything. You've just got to think, like, yeah. okay, avoid getting killed. <laughs> That's all you've got to do. Um, but it's just the, like you say, the atmosphere and everything. It, it just looks great. It looks like a good experience. And yeah. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Then Robocop, what did you think of that? You know what it is? It, some parts it looks okay, other parts it just looks way outdated. Mm. Now I've I've heard the likes of Digital Foundry and things say it's it it's really fun to play and great, but it just looks clunky and outdated. And Robocop looks like he moves so slow and like mm -hmm. the weapons that we saw, he was just like constantly just firing a, like a heavy machine gun constantly, and I was like, okay, looks okay, but it's not a game I'm going to buy mm. like at all. Nah. even the nostalgia is not winning this one over for me <laughs> yeah yeah it actually it kind of showed better than I thought it would yeah after seeing the reviews and so I was like mm. no I actually thought it looked better than 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 it but but it's of course editing yeah a lot of things you you can achieve a lot of things um with with ed good editing, good pacing in a trailer, um, I give you that. It it looks like a little outdated. Um, yeah, and it's not just the graphics itself. It's like kind of the animation work and the mm. way how the gameplay looked. Like some of the normal NPCs, like the lead characters that you speak to, mm. look okay. But then you see like one of the enemies on the screen, and he looked. I was like, what is going on with his face? Mm. It was like, it, that looks like something from like last gen, like the beginning of last gen. I was like, that is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Then they showed Dungeons of Hinterberg. And that looked cool. But I have one issue with it. A dungeon crawler that's not co-op. Mm. I don't even know if it's really a dungeon crawler. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a dungeon crawler, but it has social aspects to it so that mm. trailer that we saw was the social trailer so that was just to show you the social aspects of it as mm -hmm. opposed to the dungeon crawler but there's nine there is a little glimpse to it there there's nine dungeons of hinterberg and three dungeons of somewhere else okay. so they've got like 12 dungeons that you have to go into and and explore mm. and so on and so forth and there's bosses in each of these dungeons so you come back to the city you level up you upgrade your gear and you build relationships with others and i would imagine these other people are companions that you can potentially take along with you in the dungeon crawler but as a dungeon crawler i like dungeon crawlers to be co-op 
I like I like the the Diablo aspect of like bringing your friends along and going hacking and slashing away in dungeons mm. or uh, or the ascent as a dungeon crawler or even Minecraft dungeons as a dungeon crawler like yeah. the social aspect of it the playing with friends is why I like dungeon crawlers like I I can't imagine going into a dungeon by myself and you're like okay once maybe yeah twice okay mm. but then like twelve dungeons by yourself and stuff you're like oh. This you could really do with a co-op. Yeah, I get you. I get you. But I, I like I like the graphic style though. I like the the pop art. I don't the pop know. art style. I like. I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. I di- didn't yeah. think it looked visually appealing. Like, see, I like not, it. Not I like every it game needs like photorealistic graphics. You know yeah. what I mean? I like the like stylized games, cartoon look. But there's just it looked cheap. Kind of, yeah, I felt cheap. I yeah, don't like know. It when, when companies do something a little bit different, and I can't remember the last time I've seen a company do pop art as their, as their art style, which is the kind of art style they went for here, which is the yeah. pop art style, which is a little bit like old, like not not your traditional comics, but like certain certain comics had a pop art style where it was like these dots and things everywhere mm-hmm. as well. And that's, that's the style that they're going for. And I can't remember seeing a game in a pop art style before. There, there was this one skate game, Oli Oli. No, that wasn't pop art. Not really. That was pop art. Pop art. Yeah. Kind of, but not not of that extent where they've that these guys have done. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it looks. In, I'll still play it. It's, it's Game Pass. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely giving it a shot. But looking at my yeah, backlog, uh, well. Or wouldn't call it backlog on my on my list that I need to play. I still haven't played Sea of Thieves. I still want to play Final Fantasy 16 and Cyberpunk. Sea of Thieves. Um, sea of Stars. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, you, you haven't played Sea of Thieves <laughs> after no. all these years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I meant Sea of Stars uh, and then uh, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty, uh, and then uh, Alan Wake comes out tomorrow. I don't. I just don't see myself putting the the limited gaming I'm time really, that I I'm have into that. I'm surprised you haven't played Sea of Stars on your Ally. I have it yeah. I have it installed on the Ally. Yeah. Because that's that's like an it's like an octopus traveler like I know. Addiction. I know that I I know that I will be playing that on the on the Ally, but honestly I haven't been traveling too much over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um and uh, that will pick up like the week in two weeks, I will be traveling yeah. a little bit more for for work again, um, and and then it's probably uh, only a matter of a few days until I finish it. But uh, it's yeah, I haven't traveled that much, and when I'm at home, I'm booting up the big consoles, you know. And then I, there's just uh, there's just not enough time in the day um, to play all those games. But I will absolutely play it because I know I'm gonna love it. So yeah. Um, so yeah, they, then they have shown Spirit of the North 2, you know, the I game with, hmm? I have to admit, and it was the same with everybody else that was watching this with me. I didn't even know there was a Spirit of the North 1, but Spirit of the North me 2 neither. looked really good. It looked really good. <laughs> yeah. It looked like, like a 3D Ori. Yeah. 3D Ori. A little bit calmer, probably not as hectic as as Ori yeah. can be. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, well, but, so far we don't know. 
because it could be. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, yeah. I liked how Skyrim games. So then they've shown Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater. Ryan, can you imagine on an Xbox showcase we see for the first time gameplay for the Metal Gear game? It runs in Unreal Engine Five, um, yeah. and the yeah, is a big it's no secret I'm no that. Metal Gear fan, so I, I let you do the talking on this one. That's, I think that's a big deal for them getting that, you know, and it shows yeah. it shows how little I don't I don't understand right now how PlayStation aren't putting together their own third party partner stuff. Yeah, the fact yeah. that Xbox have managed to get again what was primarily a PlayStation IP. Yeah, on the on their show, their show, their it's a, it's show. a big deal. Um, it's first Snake time, Eater, which is one of the most beloved ones, and it's the first look of of in-engine kind of gameplay yeah. um, alpha, but although it is, and it's years away, but it's a big and and, and highly anticipated game. Um, so to be able to show that off for the first time on an Xbox showcase yeah. is a big game. Big... Um, I'm I'm quite surprised that they did they got that and. But again, it's been explained to me, and it does make a little bit of sense on that front. But I'm surprised that it didn't go to the likes of um, Game of the Year uh, awards or anything. Like that. But then Jeff Keighley was quite critical of Konami when with the whole Kojima breakup. So um, that probably explains why he didn't fight for that. <laughs> yeah, um, true. but it's still a huge get for them. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, it, looked it, it looked. It looked. So far in alpha, of course, subject to change, of course, pinch of salt. It looked, it looked good. It looked but, good, but it not like but, that good, you know. Yeah. For, for a we, game that is said, years out and and runs yeah. on Unreal, I would expect a little more. Yeah, yeah, it's got plenty of time, plenty of time yeah, in the oven. But of course. Our our only thing is is Unreal Engine Five games have looked great this generation. The problem is they've all performed like crap <laughs> so it yep. doesn't make a difference whether or not it looks good it's whether or not upon release it plays good um and we've we've even said there it's a case of the only time we'll really see what unreal engine 5 can do is when we see what the coalition are able to put out and and how good that engine is um we'll uh, know well, whether or not it's an engine. We'll know whether or not if it's an engine issue if the coalition are struggling to get good performance out of it if it's if it's not and the coalition managed to get the same performance that they do out of gears for instance yeah they've got that game running 4k 120 on unreal engine 4 yeah. um so if they can get similar performance on unreal engine 5 then you know it's not a an engine issue per se and it then it is a studio issue and studios yeah. capabilities on on the engine so um we'll see We'll see how it runs when it eventually releases. But with it being a remake, yeah, it, it didn't blow me away, but it looks good. It definitely looks good. It's a vast improvement over the original. Um, and I'm looking forward to eventually playing it for the first time ever on Xbox when it releases. Yeah, yeah. Mana Lords was shown. Um, this is the one that I said Boxy's going to love this. Mm. It looked really good. It looked really good to me as well. I was like, ooh. And you know what I liked about it, though? Mm. It looked like much larger scale wars as well. Yes. It it reminded me a lot of the Settlers. You know, the mm. the early Settler games, not the, 
the latest ones, but uh, yeah, that that looked really really interesting. And they've shown yeah. the finals, which by the way, uh, apparently has an uh, uh, beta today. Yeah, uh, like fast pace. Platform, open everybody. It's available yeah. to download. Yeah, you gonna play that? I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm going to see what it's like, but mm-hmm. I don't I, I kind of get the premise. The finals, I would imagine you have to play these team games and see if you can get to the final. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I'll probably get my ass kicked, um, but it's uh, we'll see what it's like. It looked good. Like visually, it looked really cool. I liked the fact that everything was completely destructible, which is yeah. also really cool. Um, but it's a competitive, it's a competitive shooter. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I like, I like playing them time to time but i'm not someone who gets addicted to them or plays them frequently yeah um so i'll i'll try it as an open beta see what it's like sweet um but we'll go from there what do you think i don't know it's not for me uh yeah you're not a competitive shooter guy no nah, nah, i'm not i'm i i don't practice enough you know <laughs> mm. i play too many other games uh and then i'm just not good enough so but it yeah it, definitely looked like i had i had no i didn't have that game on my radar and it definitely peaked i ha, i know now what it is you know what i mean and uh yeah it it's yeah the other game that looked actually really good was arc survival ascent you know the remake of arc the, the first arc yeah it actually really looked good um <laughs> but remembering playing arc i to this day i still think this is the most weird game i have ever played yeah yeah it is it i know it's massively popular but i was so lost in that game i had no idea what to do and maybe i should give this one a try because obviously they ironed out a lot of mechanics and shit but at the time I played it when it came to early access on Xbox con on, on the console. Like I had a command window open in that game whilst playing and I had no idea why and how to do or what to do. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I was exactly the same to be fair. I didn't know what I was doing. Not even a clue. And, and everyone was, and then I, I stopped playing and I, I had two colleagues at work. They told, they were like crazy into arc and, and, and they, Dude, you gotta stick with it. It's fantastic. Best game ever made. And then it was like, okay, give it another shot. I must be playing it wrong. I I don't know. It's it's just a weird game, but it looks phenomenal. So yeah, I, I was still hoping for the second one, you know, to see that yeah. because it apparently has a story, and like if you have a proper campaign, you might be it, it might ease you into the into its mechanics and systems and everything yeah. and then yeah it, it it's yeah jason in the chat says arc is unexplainable you just have to play yeah i i tried that yeah. and i still have no idea what i did in that game <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, there was one bonus that i put out afterwards anybody who streamed the game or the original arc up until the 15th of October, um, got the upgrade to Arc Ascended for free um, via Twitch. Yeah. Um, So there was a bonus there. So people who played or streamed the game until that point got it for free. That was a cool little bonus. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then they... (laughs) 
<laughs> it looked it looked like visually it looked drastically improved, which is great. Um, the trailer looked cool, but again, like I did not get on with that game. Yeah, yeah, it's just just a weird experience, but it's apparently really really good. Uh, it must be me, honestly. It must. Be, I don't know. So. <laughs> They finished off uh, the show with Alan Wake 2. Um, I know a lot of people were hoping for, like, ah, it's coming to Game Pass. It's uh, coming to Game Pass. Uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, didn't happen. Uh, but, yeah, man, that trailer actually looked really, really good. And uh, today the review embargoes dropped and Alan Wake uh, is getting like crazy good scores uh, it sits an open critic like at a 92 right now yeah um, basically everyone says fantastic game only the only complaint i've seen uh, in the, in the at least in the reviews i watched is like that the the combat mechanics feel a little outdated but other than yeah. that visually it must be it's 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 absolutely stunning and i have actually like uh, quite an interesting thing here um because we've we've talked about this on the show so many times about developers not using the tools properly well, this is yeah. like the first major release that at least i can think of that ca comes out and actually is using mesh shaders and you can tell that from the minimum spec on the pc side of things a lot of people were complaining yeah because yeah they are they are using the mesh shaders, man. Um, they um, also put out a statement that it's very well optimized for Series X and S as well as PS5, um, that they have improved the visuals and performance a lot since May. Um, here's, here's a quote from the studio head. Um, uh, he says, especially a, uh, as a console player, I'm really happy how good Alan Wake 2 is on console platforms. We had a lot of focus on them throughout development ensuring that the game would run well and it and looks as incredible as it does focused on all platforms to be fair as well as we could and yeah. actually that's what the reviewers also said like very well optimized for the most part on on consoles here and there a few performance issues but we're kind of getting used to those right <laughs> um it everything i've seen uh it looks phenomenal like the lighting is insanely good there's really high density in the in the, in the environments some great volumetric fog effects um, um and the animations look really good and uh yeah so and the texture quality and everything so are you going to pick this up man yeah but I've, i mean i've got so many games i need to finish off first before I pick mm. it up. And then Dead Space should drop as well. So I'm going to play Dead Space first and then pick up Alan Wake at some point. Um, I'm not rushing to get it because, again, I've got so much to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, no, but I will get it. I will get it, though, because it's not only is it reviewing good, but it's more... For me, with Alan Wake 1, it was more um, like a psychological horror. Um, yeah. It was more... It wasn't as much focused on the horror-horror aspect. Yes, True. This one is more horror, horror aspect, especially the trailer that we saw on the showcase. Yeah, that was like more Resi Evil kind of horror. Yeah, um, which was cool with a weird like puddle thing where it was like two dimensions, where it was like you seen like the top half of a twice, 
and only when you killed her did you see the entirety of her. It was yeah. uh, full legs and everything like that, but that was cool. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, um, and I will pick it up at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? You got it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to get it, but uh, I need to finish Spider Man first. Uh, yeah. I think I'm getting close to the end with that one, and and then it's Alan Wake. Um, two time. Um, can't wait. I loved the first one. Even loved the expansion. You know, the American Nightmare thing. Um, that was was also really good. And yeah, um, it's it, it looks phenomenal. The reviews are as good as I was hoping for. Um, yeah. So yeah, no no reason not to play it, man. Um, cannot wait. Going to definitely going to pick that up. Uh, on, I'm a little torn where to play it on Xbox or PC, because like man, this uh, this game on the on my 3080 is going to look like insanely good. Then I yeah. prefer to play on console, and I actually want to see see if if now a game actually finally makes use of things like mesh shaders and direct storage and everything kind of want to see that on console so yeah yeah uh but yeah i i cannot wait man so yeah let's let's wrap the uh, xbox partner showcase up um final thoughts um well put together um, yeah. I like, like I say, I like the the fact that they included these little um, little captions underneath that said, "If you want to learn more, here's an in-depth interview. Here's an exclusive interview. Here's an ex- ex- exclusive kind of breakdown of this yeah. gameplay." I like that. I like the way that they put that on, where you don't have to. <clears throat> it's not like fought into it. But they don't extend the show further by having these super long segments talking about the game. Yeah, they just say, "Here's a big interview. It's on Xbox. Why I just scan the QR code. You can go and view it. Exactly. Sweet." Love for it. future showcases do that beautiful yeah beautiful unless it's as 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 we saw with the starfield thing before it launched where they had a full-on 40 minute breakdown of all the yeah, yeah, things yeah. unless it's a mega ip that that you you want to show off a little bit more because you, you kind of need to explain some things do once maybe but the rest of it absolutely he has exclusive mm. footage here yes, exclusive such and such that, i think that format that they've done there is a good template to use on first party stuff as well as third party stuff and also a beautiful format to use for the their indie showcases i think whoever directed mm-hmm. that should be it, in charge of it was doing tina the indie amini you know she used to work at ign and she's now yeah. in in uh, charge of Xbox programming or what they call it. Um, and she she's actually responsible for all the showcases we got this year. Like if you if you think about it, we had like in January the developer direct for the first time. Yeah, that was her doing. Yeah. Uh, great format, yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt. Uh, and not just because we got High Fire Rush, which was an amazing game, Shadow Drop. It, I, I thought the pacing, the the way how they did it, with with the developers talking about the game and and highlighting their game, that was phenomenal. Then we had the great Xbox showcase in in June, uh, which was also like put together really well. Great pacing, great games were shown, like a lot of first party stuff in there, a lot of gameplay in there, like really good. Um, and we had the uh, traditional uh, indie showcase um, 
which I still think yours is better, but yeah, back to back to back to back, and then and then we had the um, we had had now this uh, Xbox partner uh, uh, show, uh, which I really like that because. They they haven't done that in the in the past, yeah. Like really highlighting their some games that they partnered with that they want to just advertise, show what's coming to the platform. Honestly, I think that's the way to go forward. Like have two, have the big one in June, and then have like two, three throughout the year. Develop a direct here, a partner program there. Like keep it fresh, keep it interesting. Xbox is really killing it this year with communication, with game shows, with like delivering, actually delivering us co the content we content we want. Um, yeah. And and when you compare that to to PlayStation, this really this was once a, once at a time back many years when we there was still a Sean Layden in charge. We kind of had that on, on the PlayStation side of things. They had the state of plays. They had the big showcase. And now we get occasionally lackluster state, really lackluster state of plays. And we had the one, we didn't have a showcase at all last year. We had the really bad one. And I don't think this is a fanboy speaking. I Even, even the diehard ex, uh, PlayStation fans thought it was a bad show. Uh, yeah, we have no excitement for what's going on in the future. We will talk about this again a little later in the show, but yeah, uh, when you compare that to Xbox now with the sh with the partner program now, they're generating like discussions, excitement uh, of players and the community with with this. And um, I we I have to applaud t uh, Tina. Um, Ami what's her last name? Amini or something? I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Tina. Tina, she does a really, really good job um, uh, with with all those programs right now. Um, this this is absolutely the way to go forward. And yeah, and what else can I say on the showcase? Loved it. Even though a lot of games in there were not for me. Like when we, we went through the list, I was like, damn, Yakuza is not my thing. Metal Gear is not my thing. I can still say honestly, yeah. I didn't expect an E3 showcase. It, they set the expectations right. Three days in advance, they announced it. Going to be 30 minutes long. There's going to be only third-party games. So you know, knew exactly what to, what to expect, and they delivered. And they had some really cool-looking games, like Alan Wake in there. Had some cool indies in there. Um, fantastic, man. That's the way to go forward. But let we are more than an hour already in the show, bro, and... We kind of um, have to, to talk about the breaking news, man, uh, that dropped like an hour before the show started. And um, that is Xbox basically reorganizing a lot of things internally. Um, Matt Booty and Sarah Bond got big promotions. So for those who haven't heard the news so um tom warren actually broke the news um uh putting up a great article about uh, how microsoft is reorganizing uh, the xbox and and especially also the marketing teams uh, within microsoft and xbox and with that microsoft is promoting 
Matt Booty to the president of game content and studios. And that includes now uh, also the responsibility of Zenimax Bethesda. Sarah Bond is now Xbox president and oversees the entire Xbox platform and the entire hardware work. And on the marketing side of things, the chief marketing officer, Chris Caposella, uh, is now stepping down after 32 years at Microsoft. And they also positioned that role new. Um, Booty and Phil Spencer actually uh, had something to say in an internal memo that Tom Warren got his hands on. He said, Booty's expanded role uh, should help Microsoft Gaming avoid scenarios like Redfall in the future with Microsoft clearly uh, in, the, in the future. Um, he said, great games are fundamental to everything we do. We believe that uh, an expanded gaming content organization, one that enables Xbox Game Studios and Cinemax Development Studios to collaborate effectively together, will empower those world-class studios to do their best work in growing our portfolio of games players love. So the times are gone where they let uh, Cinemax and Bethesda being run independently within the Xbox organization. They are now brought together. They both report to um, Matt Booty now, who is uh, who basically oversees now not just the Xbox studios, but all their gaming studios, excluding right now at least uh, ABK. But we get to that in a second. And then there's, of course, Sarah Bond, um, who is now... Uh, the hardware and software platform for Xbox. And Phil Spencer had to say the following, to manage the platform of today and build the platform of to tomorrow, we are bringing together the teams that will make this possible. Sarah Bond will lead this team as president of Xbox, bringing together devices, players, and creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning, data and analytics, and business development. So, yeah, she... She's got a lot more work now on her table. <laughs> um, big congrats to the both of them. Um, especially with Sarah, we've talked about this. It, it it just kind of feels like the company is building her up to be the successor of, of Phil. Uh, she's now in charge of our new <coughs> consoles. Uh, yeah. yeah. She, uh, she is where Phil Spencer was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Phil Spencer was head of Xbox Studios. She's she's but she's head of hardware and software at Xbox, so it is kind of the same thing now. The difference mm, is no. Matt Booty is now in charge. Matt, yeah, she is. Matt Booty yeah, she is now is, in charge. But, but Phil had the role of Matt Booty. Phil Spencer was before he became uh, head of and, Xbox but, was head of Xbox Game Studios. Yeah, but Matt Booty is now just only in charge of uh, Bethesda, uh, Activision, Blizzard, King. Um, just that lot. Whereas Sarah is in charge of everything else. Yes. He's in charge of the studios and the games and of everything else, basically. Is, is Matt Booty not just only in charge of the new studios no. now? No, 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 no. He's in charge of Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda Cinemax Studios. ABK is still, uh, <coughs> so even th after then today's... Does Matt Booty not report to Sarah now? No, no, no. He's reporting directly to um, Phil Spencer as the head of Xbox Game Studios and um, what's his official role uh, name? 
Hang on. President of Game Content and Studios is his title. This is a bit strange then because he's Game Content and Studios, but Sarah Bond is software and hardware. No, she's software platform. Software. No, no, she's software. That's platform software, like, you know, dashboard and uh, UI and stuff like that. But games, uh, she's also in charge of Game Pass. She's uh, Game Pass services. Um, but she's not in charge of the games. Everything game that every studio that Microsoft has, including Bethesda Cinemax, is now reporting to Matt Booty, and Matt Booty is reporting to Phil. Hang on, I have. Let me show if I can really quickly uh, put uh, this up uh, here. Give me a second. There, they posted actually a a picture of the new um, of the new structure. Now, how do I do that so quick? Uh, in uh, OBS, give me a second. Say something. Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, 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 <sighs> there we go. There we go. So now I got it on screen. This is the new um, structure. And it shows clearly Matt Booty as president of game content and studios is reporting to Phil Spencer. Uh, it's not, he's not underneath Sarah. Yeah. Um, Jared West is the chief marketing officer now. Um, okay. Bobby Kotick is also the, not under Matt Booty. ABK, Activision Blizzard, is... Um, also directly reporting to Phil Spencer until obviously um, Bobby Kotick is is out um, at the end of the year. They and that is actually an interesting part. And one one of the things I wanted to talk to you about um, about uh, well, they didn't talk about who's going to be the successor of Bobby and. That's kind of weird if you make these kind of announcements and, ch- and structural changes, obviously implementing this Bethesda organization more now in Xbox. They are not... Bethesda Cinemax is not really independent now anymore. They will still keep... They, they said that um, in the, uh, and Tom Moran also described this very well in, the, in his article, highly recommended. But... Uh, they are keeping Bethesda Zenimax basically intact, but the reporting is now different. And in charge is Matt Booty, yeah, uh, for the studios uh, and the marketing position is also coming together with Pete Hines now gone. You know, they are bringing that together in under one umbrella, under one roof. So they are not that independent anymore. They are significantly better implemented now in Xbox for the better or worse. Uh, I still think it's for the better. Uh, but yeah, they did not talk about ABK. And I th- my my thought was like, if this would be, it would have been a time to announce like who's going to take over Activision Blizzard in two months. And we're talking about two months here. Um, and I yeah. don't think that they will have a successor for Bobby. I I do believe that they will do the same like they did now with Bethesda as soon as they have done all the final paperwork and implementing 
uh, ABK uh, in, in, into the Xbox uh, organization or in the Microsoft organization, I don't think they will have a Bobby Kotick successor. I think they will that the the Blizzard head, Mike Guevara, for instance, is going to report to Matt Booty and so on. So that they will, they will, uh, the marketing department will report to the marketing of uh, a guy from um, that that is now in charge of Xbox and Bethesda, and they will just add it to that and. This this new organizational structure, also with Sarah Bond having now a lot more power uh, in, in the company, overseeing everything that the platform has to offer, it, it kind of tells me that this is going to happen really quick with ABK January, February next year, that they put the reporting channels more directly in the Xbox organization. While with Bethesda, it's been, what now, more than two years that they have been part of Xbox. And it took them more yeah. than two years to to actually implement them properly in their organization and not let them run their own show. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah I've been talking for way too long. What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think when Bobby Kotick's gone, they'll just report directly to uh, Matt Buddy. Uh, I don't think there'll be any, any new CEO of... Um, of Activision Blizzard, I think the studios individually within Activision Blizzard will just report directly to Matt Buddy. Yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be anything. As and you can kind of see that as there is nobody on that list there from Bethesda Game Studios as Animax listed under the hierarchy because they just report to Matt Buddy. Yeah, it's the same. Same thing. I think once he's gone, then uh, then and they've implemented everything and they've got everything set up, then the studios don't need to report to anybody other than Mapuri. Yeah, and he's actually now the better chance. They, they specifically, I think, didn't, I'm, I'm sure originally they said they were going to report directly to Phil. Was the original plan? Which he does. He's now reporting yeah. to Phil. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with having. A different structure like head of marketing, head of game studios, head of platform, Sarah Bond. And uh, you kind of don't need a Bobby Kotick position. Yeah. You don't need that. Yeah. You get Activision can directly report to Matt Booty. Blizzard can directly report to Matt Booty. And King can directly report to. You don't need that, that Bobby Kotick, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Um, uh, position anymore so yeah so what what do you make of of uh matt booty now overseeing the entire xbox uh, xbox studios including bethesda and Sandimax? um the only this is the only time i'll say it i'm withhold i'll withhold final judgments on how he performs <laughs> over um over the next should we say two years um if the cadence starts becoming more regular and um, if, and this is what we have to say about Xbox now, what they released this year was stuff that should have released last year. So we can only give them so many flowers. Um, what we need now is just a regular cadence from Xbox. They need to start hitting what they say is going to release in the timeframes that they're going to release. And they need to be of quality and consistency. Um, so I'll withhold judgment of Matt Booty's performance on the next two years and whether or not Xbox achieves consistency and uh, and uh, in, a, in a cadence of quality that they should strive for. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely a fair point. Um, 
and I, I can't say anything against that. I mean, like you said, uh, so far, you could bring up the argument about him not really being able to deliver consistent quality games. Um, this year was great. was really great with Starfield and Forza. But it's also, if you remember like the first six months, it, it, it felt disappointing because we all thought Forza and Starfield come out in the first half and they have something else for, for this fall. Um, but yeah, at the very end of the day, the games are out now. They are quality. Forza is great. Uh, Starfield, my game of the year, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we shall see if he can keep up the consistency. And they brought up particular the example of Redfall. They don't want that to happen ever again. And that's one of yeah. the reasons why they implemented the Bethesda Cinemax Studios now properly into the Xbox Game Studio organization. Because he's in charge now to oversee that also the Bethesda Studios get the proper quality support and so on. So, yeah. Um, what do you make of Sarah's new role, man? Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. We did think she was going to get lined up to be Phil Spencer's replacement at some point, and I think they're still prepping her for that. Um, I think in the future she will be the one that's uh, sitting in Phil Spencer's chair. True. Absolutely. I think she's got... And this is a weird thing to say... But you have to have a level of personality. And yeah. people agree with that or not, but I think to be in charge, to show enthusiasm for the brand, to show enthusiasm for the games that you're trying to pitch, not only to the consumer, but to investors, to like the broad audience, you have to show that enthusiasm. And that's one reason why I hated Jim Ryan because he was the most boring, bland person mm. ever. He's not somebody you want presenting the brand because he doesn't look like he actually gives a shit. So I don't think PlayStation will be any worse off without Jim Ryan. Like maybe he's financially, he, he got them into a place that was good, but on the flip side, he didn't really show enthusiasm for the games he was promoting. Yeah, And I think this is where the likes of Sarah and Phil Spencer do a great job is both of them are really like, they really show enthusiasm for it. Like Phil Spencer's constantly posting about games he's playing and how many games yeah. he's completed. And, uh, and Sarah bonds forever playing or, or playing with her kids or hyping up games or doing little quizzes and things like, that. like she's, it's all about how they perceive gaming, how much they're actually involved in the games, how many games they yeah. play. They've got to be relatable. And I think as people that are in charge of these things that, they, that enthusiasm then rubs off on the studios. If the studios say that your your hierarchy is not only just sitting there, but sitting there and playing through your games and enjoying your games and talking about your games, and they're really excited to play them as well as just unveil them to the public, that's the kind of enthusiasm you've got. Whereas on the flip side, Jim Ryan definitely didn't play any of the games that he'd ever talked about. He <laughs> didn't even know how to hold a controller, man. No, or put a headset on. He was what's going on mm -hmm. it's not what who you need in charge you need somebody who's capable and has has done the legwork and worked all the way up and phil spencer is one of those guys who's done the legwork being at the very bottom and worked his way through he's worked his way up to that the hierarchy and that's how it should be yeah you should you should earn that place at the top earn the right to sit at the top of the table um so yeah that's that's what I think. I think Sarah will be 
Archer towards that at some point in the future. But Phil Spencer's also alluded to the fact that he's he's excited to to work with the teams and and see yeah. them grow and and see the IPs that they create. So I think he's I think he's now more a little bit re- more refreshed now it's done and it's mm-hmm. closed. And he's like, oh yes. <laughs> You could tell from bit. the photos. Have you seen the the, the, the photos they, they posted yeah. when he visited King Activision and Blizzard this week? Yeah. Um, you could really tell how relieved he was, uh, like uh, oh, yeah. getting excited about. Now, because for them, now the actual work starts. So far, the main part of the work was lawyers and, yeah, you know, um a lot of the work was also done not just from the Xbox organization. It was not just Phil who who, who ran the ABK thing. Um, it was Brad Smith, you, you know, uh, Microsoft uh, pre- uh, vice president. So it's it's this, this was a, this this acquisition process was bigger than just the Xbox division for Microsoft. But now the actual work starts: how to implement the teams, how to structure them, what 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 kind of pillars do you create going forward you know do you reboot ips do you touch this money-making machine that is call of duty changed that um how can the studios of abk benefit from what is already there at xbox and vice versa um this is is the real work that now begins for them but he genuinely seems excited um and a couple of shows ago, we actually talked about this. Uh, he has been at the top of Xbox now for uh, almost 10 years. Uh, early next year, it will be 10 years. And that's ki- already quite a long time for for a head of a uh, of, of, of platform. Um, the only guy that was longer in charge uh, of any of the console manufacturers was um, Reggie. Uh, from Nintendo, yeah, yeah, but everyone else is there for like four, five, sometimes six years. But that's that's about it. So he's been in charge yeah. for a long time, and I don't think it's and and he put a lot of things in motion, not just within Xbox and Microsoft, but in the entire gaming industry, like. His visions were when he took over. One of the first things he initialized was the backwards compatibility program, which was revolutionary yeah. at the time. Nobody has done it this way. There has been back <clears throat> compat on consoles where you could plug in like the cartridges, if you remember, like the the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I could play the Game Boy games, stuff like that. But actually, putting in work to make games available on the console on the, on the next console and make them look better run better perform better it's uh, it's unprecedented and it changed the industry and obviously things like game pass yeah is is something really like fundamentally changing in the gaming industry and uh, whether sony likes it or not um even they copied basically their with ps plus their 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 business model to some degree yeah they are still not like in in the same way since they don't have day one but yeah um so there are a lot of things then he obviously uh, made the the xbox uh, xbox brand in the 
in the uh, Microsoft organization actually relevant, convince them to actually invest monies, uh, money into things like they went on the shopping spree, they bought a lot of studios, so that they had 15 studios, then they bought Bethesda, Sanimax, Crew to 23 studios, now they have Activision Blizzard, and I... I kind of feel like Phil still wants to be there to at least get some of the laurels, you know, <laughs> like yeah. the things he put in motion take years, years to catch up. Yeah. Cloud gaming is still not a big thing. Um, game pass is, it, it still feels like it's, it's only the beginning of what game pass can actually be, you know, um, mainly f probably also because of the, the lack of first party games in recent years. Um, but it's, I, I feel like, yeah, he put so many things in motion and he wants to, to, to bring Xbox into that cadence of regular releases where the hardware is actually leveraged, where Xbox is not received in the public eyes anymore as this, you know, yeah, it's niche brand, but to make them actually like the relevant gaming brand and, um, so I don't think it's it's like next year that he's going to step down or so. But yeah, eventually his time will come to an end. And yeah, Sarah, um, now overseeing the entire Xbox platform, hardware and software, uh, minus games, uh, <laughs> is, um, is, is quite impressive for her. And yeah, we shall see uh, what her plan. She's now in charge, man, of the next console. So we will see... Uh, what what she or where she's she, she sees console gaming going forward, probably not with the slim model that is released next year. That is already done and finished, and you can't really change anything at this point. I still think I still think though Phil's gonna have a hand in whatever happens to the uh, next yeah, absolutely. Xbox. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's <clears throat> again, it's now her responsibility to develop that thing. So. This yeah. will be really interesting to see uh, because we've seen her now uh, so far on the platform side of things. She's been in charge of Game Pass, brought a lot of great re relationships um, into fruition and, and so that we got these awesome releases. And now, yeah, it's um, it's 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 um, her time uh, to show what she also can do with hardware. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff there. Um, very interesting stuff. Uh, Tron TJ sends in a $5 super chat and says they are not done buying. Plus they have 44 studios. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's 44 studios now. Um, and it's, that's not even counting all these super small support studios that Activision has, like the testing studios and 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 whatnot. Um, but that's really crazy. And yes, you're right, uh, TJ. They are not done buying. And and actually, let let me use this uh, TJ as segue into our next topic because Satya Nadella was actually very clear on that this week. Um, uh, he said they uh, that Microsoft is going to double down uh, on on gaming. They are not done. Um, hang on, where do I have the quote here? Uh, he he said the following. Um, 
uh, that they will double down, blah, 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 after uh, uh, the ABK acquisition. It is, we are really excited about it. For us, there are a few things that go all the way back uh, for us as a company. Gaming is one, right? When I think about Microsoft, I think perhaps uh, developer tools, proprietary software and gaming. Those are three things that we've done from the very beginning. And so to us, gaming is the one place where we think we have a real contribution to make in consumer market. If I, if I look at it, the amount of time people allocate to gaming is going up and Gen Z is going to do more of that. The way games are made, the way that um, the way the games are delivered is changing radically, whether it's mobile or consoles or PC or even the cloud. So we are looking forward to really doubling down both as game producers and pu as a publisher. And now we'll be one of the largest game publishers and also as a company that's building platforms for it. So yeah, it definitely sounds like they are uh, they are not done. <laughs> Obviously. So that's what, what do you before I give my spiel? Uh, what, what do you make of this uh, commitment from Satya uh, to to double down on gaming? Yeah, I think you can see where the industry is. I mean, that's that's the key thing. Everybody knows in terms of the entertainment industry, gaming is the largest entertainment industry in the world. So why mm. wouldn't you double down on that? Why wouldn't you? It is. It's a multi. It's it's it. At some point, the gaming industry will be a trillion dollar industry. At the minute, it's like multiple billions. It's the highest generating entertainment industry, but it is just so gigantic. Yes. And and the way that they see things as well is. They're on every platform, essentially. They're on console, they're on PC, they're on yes. mobile. And if we grow them all in a substantial way, that's going to need investment. So, um, And the only way to gain more revenue and to grow is to invest. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, Satya knows that, but Satya's been doing a great job across, across Microsoft for a while, um, not just on Xbox, but... Um, he's, he's well liked um, by shareholders, etc. He's doing a really good job. And yes. again, one thing that Microsoft haven't had for a long time, but have now, is somebody that is in charge of the company that is super enthusiastic about everything. He's really enthusiastic about his job, his role, and he's a really great spokesperson. He's got a good energy about him, um, and he can he can present himself well. Yeah. You don't often see that for somebody that's in charge of a multi-trillion dollar organization. True that. Yeah, that is that is so true. And I don't. He's think also a likable. He's, he's it's strange because he's a likable person. You don't often see that about corps. <laughs> like big corporate guys are usually kind of bland guys in suits. Yeah. And he never comes across like this just guy in a suit. Yeah. In fact, I've rarely ever seen Satya Nadella wear a suit. I don't think I've ever seen him wear a suit. And he's. <laughs> Probably, I haven't paid, thought about it, but yeah, probably. Yeah, and I think it's not just uh, him being excited about everything. He, uh, he obviously he has created Xbox now as one of the core pillars of, of the company. So yep. he knows about the importance of gaming. People play games on every device, yeah, whether... Probably most of us here in the chat and and in this community, we we are not mobile games, but we we can't ignore that mobile is 
the most played platform in the world. Yeah, but we also play on TVs, we play on PCs, we play on uh, tablets and everything, all those things. Yeah, it's like people play games on everything, and uh, and he he realized that that's why they put uh, Phil in, in the board of management of Microsoft and making Xbox a core pillar of the company. And when he says doubling down. One thing, of course, I will immediately go to is, okay, who are they going to buy next? But the other thing that I think is now that the way he talks about them having yet now already invested and being one of the biggest publishers now um, tells me that this allows them also to do new things. And that's also doubling down because we've seen it already with Xbox buying smaller studios like Ninja Theory, like Double Fine, um, and so on. Uh, Compulsion, yeah, it was a super small studio, and actually, under that labs, investing heavily into them, letting them grow, investing into those already great potential studios, yeah, and making them the triple A experience. Uh, delivery machines, yeah, like like Ninja Theory, take them, gigantic studio, lot more staff now, uh, technical equipment and so on, uh, know how obviously shared know how in this big gigantic knowledge pool now that is the, the Microsoft Studios, this is also doubling down. And when people sometimes talk about organic growth, you know that's not just for me, like building up a studio from the ground foundation. That's not organic growth. Organic growth is having having this little plant and growing it into some into a gigantic tree. And this is this is also for me doubling down. And they have now so many studios. TJ said it earlier in the super chat. Yeah, 44 studios. And you know exactly that Toys for Bob is probably not in its core not happy about just making Call of Duty now. Um, this is also doubling down, letting studios grow, investing in them, trusting in them, giving them the the chance to show what they can do. This is, for me, just as much doubling down as as simply going out and buying the next studio. You know what I mean? So, yeah, seeing this commitment to gaming and gaming growth and actually making a significant dent into the in the in the gaming wider gaming industry uh, has me really excited man um so yeah um anything you want to add before we move on um no no i think i think you've pretty much covered it there all right all right so um let us switch the platform real quick (laughs) and (laughs) let's talk about um sony because connie booth um which uh, she was a a long time playstation producer left sony and earlier this week it was really not clear whether she stepped down or was let go um, she's been involved uh, with a lot of game series like Spyro the Dragon, Siphon Filter, Ratchet and Clank, Clank, Socom, Uncharted, Jack and Dexter, Infamous, and so on. The list is long. Last of Us, Spider-Man, The Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and then David Chaffee came out. 
and he put up, out a couple of statements uh, in his uh, in, in some tweets and in his podcast and um he confirmed um that Connie Booth was not let uh, uh, did not go on her own terms she was fired yeah she didn't retire or anything like some fans made it out to be um he also confirmed uh, like a historic uh, thing that Sean Layden was uh, when he was fired was actually escorted out of the building and was let go which actually is not that uncommon especially in higher management positions uh, obviously if someone leaves the company whether he retires or uh, is is actually fired you uh, you don't let those people stick around for months and do let them do any kind of damage but this was really interesting now what what he's had next to say Jim Ryan was convinced um, that games as a service was the future and told PlayStation first-party studios to start making them. The PlayStation studios apparently were really unhappy about this direction. Um, the cancellation of factions uh, at Naughty Dog made a lot of PlayStation studios upset um, and causing a lot of internal yeah, uh, uh, turmoil. And... Um, between that and the games as a service direction, Sony blamed it on Connie Booth um, and fired her. The vast majority uh, of people who worked under Connie are also gone now. And it seems um, they left at the same time as she did. So it was all connected. So somehow uh, Angie Smets, um, uh, uh, is he that's someone uh, at PlayStation? He said he has no negative things to say about her, but apparently Herman Holst was in big favor of cutting all of the Japanese studios. And uh, Jeffy's he also confirmed that Jeffy's uh, contact uh, wasn't a big fan of Herman. So a lot of things happening over there at PlayStation. Uh, we said it multiple times on this show, and this is it's not us being like you know fanboys or anything but the future of playstation really doesn't look exciting the the the, the roadmap they've presented was or it is still not outside maybe mm. of wolverine um which is years out um because they just released spider-man yeah it's pretty much dry outside of some games as a service titles obviously that was uh jeffy confirmed that was Jim Ryan's vision, the PlayStation Studios are really not happy about being forced to develop those kind of experiences. And I can imagine, I mean, um, listen, we've been saying it for years. Sony lacks multiplayer games, um, online games. They lack co-op games. But forcing things on, on studios is usually historically uh, proven yeah not a good idea because at the very end of the day games live and breathe through the excitement of developers there were a time when rare was absolutely a single player only developer but they wanted to to do a sea of thieves it was their passion they wanted to do that and you can tell that that's why it turned out to be such a great game still being played by millions of uh, of, of players uh, what now six years or so after five six years after launch and forcing games as a service on especially the playstation studios that are that have it in their dna to deliver you know 
Singleplayer, Cinematic, AAA Games, Visually Appealing Games. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Kinda, kinda obvious that this doesn't turn out to be good, good idea. And hearing all of that is basically confirming what we all expected here in the community. We were what we discussed in this podcast many times. Them actually having a lot of internal problems. Connie Booth was apparently she had a big following. She she I have never heard of her, but that's okay. Yeah, uh, uh, we we don't know about a lot of executives in in. Inside the PlayStation organization, they are simply not that transparent as, as Xbox is. Yeah, it's we know about Sarah Bonds and Matt Booties and so on. Uh, we don't know about that. We know about Herman Holtz, but at the very end of the day, they are not as public and close to the the community. But she apparently had that her following, and a lot of developers left or were let go along with her. And uh, Jim not making studios happy games as a service future didn't look bright um there's a picture in my head about what happened here yeah and uh, maybe sony headquarters realized that oh if we continue down that road jim is ruining what made playstation that the beloved brand or whatnot uh now she, jim is gone and connie is still being fired so there's more going on yeah um than that What do you think, man? Uh, what what do, do you take away from all of this, hearing this? Um... I have no idea what's going on at PlayStation at the minute. I haven't had an idea yeah. what's going on at PlayStation for the last year. Yeah, <clears throat> It's such a weird thing to say a company that's currently at the top of the chain in terms of the, the highest grossing gaming platform, at least for the moment. Um, so messed up in terms of the structure and the aims. And I don't think they really have a direction. They're just like, oh, we'll get in on the games as a service slash multiplayer stuff because that makes money. But you can't just force that on studios because that doesn't mean they're going to just make great multiplayer games. That's not exactly. how it works. Exactly. Like, And this is what Sony are doing. They're kind of forcing people that have never made something in the multiplayer segment to make a multiplayer game and then they're wondering why it's not working. Like, they're wondering why Factions has, has got so many issues. It's because the team notoriously made a good Factions first time around that was liked, but was it ever was it ever really a, a mode that took not off really. to the extent of the likes of a Gears or a Call of Duty? No. Listen, if, 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 no if, if people talk about Last of Us, nobody is talking about Factions. They all talk nope. about the great storytelling, the... The relatable characters, the, the the great visuals, the great world and story building and, and stuff like that. But not the multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And it's and even then that's one studio. The rest of them haven't made multiplayer games at all. Apart from Folly Funny Digital, who's made GT7, but even then they forced this ridiculous like microtransaction structure on GT and everything was unbelievably expensive for like coins and boosting cars and things like that. It, it was like completely out of, out of character. Um, and I can understand the frustration of the studios because if you've never created something like that before, it's not like it's just going to be 
a breeze to make something and, and then work with netcode and things for the first time yeah. ever and have to figure out how net how the netcode alters the game's performance yeah and how um, you design a balanced multiplayer experience how you make the yeah. game lasting and make it fun and, and and stuff like that if you're not into that which is fine yeah we 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 love the playstation studios for their single player experiences yeah um but yeah sorry i interrupted you no no that's 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 it's kind of the summary though that's that's the kind of the summary of what i'm kind of getting at there is this i can understand the studio's frustrations because They've never made things like this before on PlayStation because they're expecting these studios to just create like multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar multiplayer IPs that are going to last a lifetime. And it's just not how it works. It's just not. Yeah. Like Age of Empires didn't become one of the biggest RTS overnight. It took many years to get it to the place that it is now and why it's beloved. Flight Sim didn't just become the best Flight Sim overnight or one of the best Flight Sims overnight. It took many years to get it where it is. Yeah. Call of Duty didn't become the best FPS or the most played FPS on the planet overnight. Again, it had a lot of IPs to overtake to get where it is. Yeah. These things take time and these studio and it takes a long time for these, these games to nourish. And PlayStation, I due to their track record of of abandoning IPs if they don't perform first time, they can't. They will not be successful if they go and rest on their previous laurels. Which, like Days Gone, it didn't hit the the critical um, uh, the critical feedback that they wanted for that game, despite selling a, an appropriate level of units, which was like eight to ten million. Despite doing a decent level of units, because it wasn't critically received well, the candidate. That's not how you grow an IP. It's just not. If yeah. a game performs well in terms of consumers, so if there's 10 million people have bought that game, that game is a successful IP, whether or not the critics liked it or not. Yeah. It is successful. So therefore, you reinvest in that and say, okay, so the first one wasn't critically received overall great so how can we make this ip better because clearly the consumers enjoyed it because there was 10 million people bought it so how can we invest more into this ip to make it better than it was yeah and that's what playstation don't like doing they're like if it's not critically received well then we can it so Days that will not comes well to mind right yeah 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 it, it, it can't work with it cannot work with multiplayer if if Xbox did what that with Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves would be dead years ago. Yes. Dead. Look at it now. Yeah. 25, 35 million players. <laughs> One yeah. of the biggest and, IPs Xbox And had. even or take State of Decay uh, 2. Yeah, the game is still yeah. being played by millions. Uh, yeah. it, it launched really not in a in, in a really good state. But yeah, they stuck with it. They improved it. Um, they let they they let the studio do what they want to do. That's that's the key thing. Uh, gaming game making games is of course a lot of technical things. Yeah, you know you need to know your ways around the engine and programming and everything. But at the very end of the day, it's also a very creative um, a job. 
to 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 develop a game, it is like you you can't go to an to to one of the best artists out there and tell them I don't know, paint me a picture with a tree and a house and 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 expect it to be the next Mona Lisa. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's PlayStation. That's that is PlayStation mentality. Exactly. Um everything be critically masterpieces otherwise it's not successful regardless of what the consumers think yeah yeah and that and that's that's the thing uh and this is maybe um well that is definitely a thing that xbox does differently they let the developers choose what they want to do it yeah it has all its pros and cons, and one of the cons we have, we have seen one of the cons in twenty twenty two, them not having any games at all. Um, yeah, but that's sometimes what happens in creative processes. Then, and uh, at the very end of the day, we got a great experience in Starfield, and and uh, uh, Xbox did not rush in and say, okay, it needs to have a multiplayer, and it needs to have microtransactions, and it needs to be like this or that, they knew exactly that Bethesda is making the game that they want to do. And, yeah. and that's how you get a great, a phenomenal game. You know what I mean? And yeah. was Starfield the best received critic game? Probably not um, this year. Absolutely not. Yeah, there were others that just simply rated higher. But yeah, we will talk about this uh, in a second. Uh, yeah, eleven million players um, already a month after launch, and um, yeah, and this is lacking here. This understanding, uh, and now I wonder, really, is PlayStation's pipeline really as dry as we think? Because we knew. Even though they haven't announced and shown uh, uh, us th- their pipeline, which they used to do, yeah. Remember, twenty fifteen, E three, yeah, they came out and showed Death Stranding and God of War and Spider Man and Days Gone and Ghost of Tsushima, and and suddenly you knew, okay, if I'm investing in a PlayStation Four in, at that time, yeah, I, I will eventually play all those games. This pipeline it looked looks really dry right now. And I wonder if it really is that dry. Because we always hoped, well, just because they don't have shown the games doesn't mean that they don't exist. But hearing all this now, and uh, David Chaffee here is a good source. Uh, I, I, I mean, he he is definitely a character, but he's not one yeah. to put out rumors or sh- stuff for cloud, no. uh, he gets the cloud somewhere. <laughs> not, not only that, though, but he's, he's, I mean, he's historically we he worked specifically for PlayStation, so he's yeah. not going to make up a rumor about a company he was working for. Like, if he was going to do a rumor like out of thin air, then it would be about a different platform that he doesn't yeah. have an idea about. Like, he's not going to make up a rumor about something that he's very knowledgeable about. I agree. So, um, hearing all of that. Yeah, the studios being really unhappy about being forced to make that those games as a service games. Jim Ryan really seeing the future of PlayStation as games as a service, uh, as a games as a service company, 
them now not having any leader at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, now Jim is already gone, for, almost gone for a month, and they still don't have a successor, uh, and probably won't have one for the next couple of months. Um, <coughs> them having like a key figure. Uh, senior game uh, producer, what was her title? Um, hang on, uh, uh, yeah, p uh, the the PlayStation producer uh, being gone. A lot of her of of the the staff under her, which are also in leadership positions, yeah, leaving the company. Studios being really unhappy with that. Probably that's now me assuming. Um, not as e efficient and effective right now. It kind of it 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 kind of worries me that the that Sony's pipeline is actually as dry as it looks right now, because to turn such a ship around, even if a new leader steps in now, I don't know who it will be. Yeah, if, I don't, still don't think it's going to be Herman Holst because if it would have been Herman Holst, they could have already <coughs> announced that. You know, I, I truly believe they have no idea who's going to take over the PlayStation business. And if if the next leader steps in and says, okay, now we're going back to what we used to be, that takes years to turn yep. this around. We've seen it with Xbox. They acquired all these studios in back in 2018. And it's only now at the end of 2023 where we start to see the, the, the fruits coming out of this, um, you know, a thing. And so we know that Bent Studio is working on a new new, new IP, but we also know that it is uh, an uh, online uh, continued experience, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, um, We know that that Naughty Dog is working on something, but they historically took like eight years to make a game. Uh, yeah, the, the Last of Us 2, what was it, eight or nine years? And yep. they've been distracted with factions, and we, it's, it was only recently that we heard that they canned it. So I don't know what how far along their other projects are. And uh, we could continue with Ghost of Tsushima 2, which is, has been heavily rumored to be in development, but... If if that should have like some sort of games as a service elements, and even if they and if they now decide to remove that, that's gonna throw them back years. It's so even if the next leader wants to to turn the ship around, that's that's gonna take years, and it's it 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 kind of feels to me like yeah, again the the pipeline is actually as dry as it looks. And and this is is kind of weird to see because looking at the last I want to say fifteen years or so, the one thing that PlayStation always did well is to have a consistent quality lineup. Yeah, there were better years, there were worse years, but it's never been as dry. We have no idea what they have for twenty twenty four. No idea. They have this third-party exclusive timed for two months, um, which is called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and that's about it. Yeah? Yep. Um, they, they, and Marathon, is it? Is it Marathon? Yeah, Marathon. But well, Apparently, but I don't see that coming out next year, man. Even, even, even if it comes out next year. Gameplay, it didn't show anything. Yeah. I mean, even if it comes out next year, see, 
Not even the PlayStation fans are excited about that. No, they never mention it. Nobody talks about these foam stars and 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 all those uh, kind of weird games. So, you know what this problem is is as well is like no one's really. There's a few people, a very very limited amount of people that are sitting there saying. I'm concerned about PlayStation going forward. It is extremely dry, and they've said nothing. Like they've said nothing for months and months and months and months. And the showcase that they showed was so below par and so un PlayStation like mm. that it didn't instill confidence in anyone that has got any like ounce of credibility about them. Outside of that, no one's talking about PlayStation's position currently. They're at the top at the second, but yeah. that's 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 based on historic, not exactly. based on the current like that's, plans. That's the currently, thing, that, and that is that is so. It's gonna be very, very, very interesting to see how the next two to three years into this generation are going to turn out, because. Xbox is now at their best. They have ABK, ABK and they're going to leverage that. Yeah, they are already making very aggressive moves now to become more of like, yeah, we are Xbox. It's not... Remember when they did the showcase last year and it was the Xbox and Bethesda showcase? That's Those times are gone. Bethesda is Xbox now. And now with yeah. Matt Booty overseeing all of that, ABK, Bobby Kotick game, going to kick him out. Xbox is really at their best right now. And their future looks brighter than it's ever, ever been in, in history. Uh, and we know about Hellblade and Avowed coming next year. Stalker 2 is coming. Towerborn is coming for next year. And that's only a small part of the things that are coming next year because there are two other major games coming that we don't know just yet which it will be and, yeah. and going forward after in 25 we're gonna see fable we're gonna see indiana jones we're gonna see um doom and we're gonna see you know it's it's in outer world outer worlds two is probably not going to be 25 three yes state of decay <laughs> three and um which which could be a, like a twenty five title, which seems realistic, yeah. And clockwork, and then it's clockwork uh, coming, and uh, south, of south of midnight is coming, yeah. and so it's like you could we could literally go on with this list, yes, forever. And and then we have not included what Activision and Blizzard is going to bring. We know that Blizzard is working on this new survival IP, and I have zero doubt that this will be an Xbox ecosystem exclusive. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because it's, it's a new IP. Exactly. A new IP. There are no existing contracts. And then Call of Duty will remain multiplat. We know that. But nevertheless, yeah. this is eventually, uh, not in 24, probably coming day one in Game Pass. Oh, oh I believe it's coming day one in Game Pass. But, you know, as soon as the marketing rights uh, roll out, or maybe it's not coming in, even if it's not coming in day one in 24, 25 is like, it's insane when you look at that. And then you look at, at PlayStation and, and you see that... Yeah, they are the bigger brand on a global scale. Yeah, especially here across Europe. Um, it's I, I have this conversation a lot with with our American friends over there because Xbox is so significantly bigger in the US that for them it's kind of sometimes hard to understand how small and 
well, irrelevant Xbox has been over the last years here in, in, in uh, across the European market. And, <clears throat> and, uh, even though PlayStation doesn't look good right now, yeah, uh, in terms of its, 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 its future roadmap, um, people just know PlayStation. They know when, uh, when they want to play, buy, uh, play video games, they buy a PlayStation. That's just a known fact. But now, since the future doesn't look as exciting, and and Xbox is really, and we, we talk about their marketing efforts in a bit, but since they are uh, uh, really ramping up, also across Europe, yeah, for the first time now, now there are buses driving around here in Germany that have big Xbox logos uh, on their side with the console and Starfield and Forza and and in Cyberpunk on on on, on the buses and stuff like that. Uh, and the new marketing campaign and all the game showcases. We talked about this earlier, like the Xbox partner program and Xbox uh, developer directs and so on. They, they, they really push this forward. Um, I wonder if PlayStation can, well, not so they, they can survive. It's not like they are going away any time soon that's that's they're not doomed and gloomed it's it's not that i'm not saying that but you know if they can stay at the top for this generation before uh, this generation ends or whether xbox will actually be able to really close the gap um it's it's gonna be so interesting to see uh because they have so different approaches right now um yep but let me put a, 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 a shout out Pyromad for sending in a two pound super chat saying, as long as the next CEO isn't Richard Tello or Kotick. <laughs> yeah, man, I've seen this. Kotick was taken over at, Playsta- on, uh, at, at PlayStation. Listen, oh, man, God. listen, who knows? The, the world, <sighs> we've seen crazier things happen, man. Uh, and I've seen people uh, talk about this in the Discord. Uh, honestly, um, it's interesting, uh, an interesting thought because the timing kind of aligns. Yeah, Bobby Kotick is out in two months. PlayStation has uh, said that I forgot his name. You know, the CFO from Sony is taking over the the PlayStation business uh, for a certain time uh, till the till early next year was the phrasing. Yeah, so who knows? Man, if the stars aligned, Bobby Kotick is is going over there. I I've seen crazier things happening lately. If you've told me like a week before they announced ABK that Microsoft is going to invest seventy billion dollars to buy Activision, and Call of Duty is a first party <laughs> Xbox game, yeah. I would have told you, dude, no fucking way. But here we are. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yep, it's uh, it's a strange one. I don't know who is going to take over. I, I've got no idea. Yeah, me neither. I couldn't tell you. That's the thing. We don't know anything about this the PlayStation organization. There are only so few public figures from the executives. You know about Herman Holtz and Shuhei. Joey is not going to be the next CEO of PlayStation. Nope. No <clears> way. <throat> yeah, they demoted him years ago. So yeah, that's not him. And Herman. It's the only one that we know. Yeah, so I don't know who's going to take over. But but how how do you look at this 
Xbox versus PlayStation development um, over the next years? Is actually is there a realistic chance for X Xbox to really catch up in a in a meaningful way in terms of install base and and market mm. uh, brand awareness and <laughs> see this is the issue the issue lies here and everyone everyone was praising xbox for doing that las vegas sphere yeah. thing but that made zero literally zero dent on any market around the world and in, and including in the us and you know why because the us's market is pretty much 50-50 on xbox playstation yeah it, it makes no difference to who plays what in the us That's true. That's not a, that's not a, a nation that they need to focus on for brand awareness. It, is, it isn't. Europe, Asia are, are the two key places where the brand awareness is absolutely terrible and the marketing is abysmal. I'm sorry, but it, it is and it always has been. The marketing over here is shocking. There is nothing. They do nothing for marketing over here. It is minimal, absolutely minimal. They do these huge things over in America all of the time, but zero, absolutely zero in Europe or Asia. Nothing. They do the bare minimum. That's true. And that's 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 the main issue with but with things Xbox. Things are slightly changing, man. Things are changing. It's slightly slightly changing, but it's 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 not good enough to be slightly changing. Xbox need to heavily invest in marketing in Europe and 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 Asia in order to gain ground. It's not just about how good the con you could make the best console in the world. But if you haven't got the marketing on point, you may as well just be throwing it out the window. You may as well just you may as well just hand it out. Try to give it away free because no one's gonna know about it. Yeah. You could have the best thing in the world. If it, if you don't tell everybody about it, no one's gonna know. And that's that's what Xbox fall down at is the marketing's never been good in Europe and Asia, and that's the reason why they haven't performed well in Europe and Asia. Nobody knows about it, and because nobody knows about it, nobody cares. Yeah. So when they get on top of that, then we'll see the then we'll see the generation turn around. They can buy whoever they want. The only reason Xbox have gained some form of publicity over recent months is because of the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Because everybody knows Call of Duty. And even then, the other day, a friend that I have that primarily just plays on Call of Duty because he can turn it on when he gets home, have a quick game and turn it off because he's a, a parent and he's a social worker. Mm. Even then, he he had no idea that they'd bought them. I was like, oh, by the way, like in about a year's time, you won't even have to buy Call of Duty anymore. He's like, why? So like, because it'll go into Game Pass because Xbox bought them. He was like, Xbox bought, what, Call of Duty? I said, no, Activision. They bought all of Activision. He was like, really? So yeah. Nobody knows. Like, normal people do not know that Xbox now own Activision, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, this is the issue. Like, it's that the is the biggest, one of yeah. the biggest investments in gaming history. And the regular people have no idea that Xbox now owns Call of Duty. You want to be shouting that from the rooftops. You want to have that app plastered everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is so true. Um, I noticed that that uh, uh, slight changes are coming. Like I said, seen buses for the first time, but um, in Germany. But yeah, it, it, it will be interesting to see because they have the content, they have the console. Um, 
ready to go and 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 now it's it's all about market perception like you said you can have the best product in the world if nobody knows about it 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 won't matter yeah um yeah but yeah um Yeah, we that shall goes, see. That goes for literally everything in life. That goes from what we do, content creators and everything. If we don't push our content out to people, nobody will ever see it. <laughs> like you can have the best That's... content in the world on YouTube, but if, if it isn't pushed out to people to get those engagements in the first place, no one's going to see it. No one's going to watch it. No yeah. one cares. That's the thing. You need to invest. You need to... And, and that could be investing time, that could be monetal investment, that could be marketing, whatever it is. If you don't invest it in any capacity, then you're not going to get traction. And that is the that's for me what the generation does rely on. It relies on Xbox pulling the finger out, no matter how good their products are and how well they are doing. If they don't invest in the key areas, and one of those key areas is marketing outside of the US. In Americas, and this is the one thing Microsoft aren't good at. Outside of the Americas and the and and everything like that, they need to invest heavily. Yeah. Um, that's that's the key. Outside of that, I PlayStation. Another issue is PlayStation's a household name. Yeah, and it's it's something that they've gained over decades. Yeah, mo like even much further afield than Xbox is, they've become the the name in gaming outside of nintendo everybody knows nintendo and everybody knows playstation the the, the yeah. facts are if you speak to any kind of older generation person about the console unless they you've told them specifically it's an xbox they will automatically assume if you game oh you've got a PlayStation, playstation or a, you've got a nintendo um they don't no one ever mentions xbox especially in the likes of germany and the netherlands etc it's all So PlayStation or yeah. Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's 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 about being the name and the only way to be the name again relies heavily on word of mouth and, and marketing and you have to invest in it. So until those improve, then the tides won't turn, regardless of how good the product is. Yeah. Regardless. So yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. That is so true. <laughs> Yeah, so we shall see how this this generation will turn out eventually. Um, the good news is, and I keep saying that, the future has never been brighter for Xbox. And at the very end of the day, that is, is what is important. Um, that we are getting the great games and we are getting them. We're getting them at a great value with Game Pass. And we were playing them on a great console. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, man, um, recently the, the uh, PlayStation announced that they are slim version of of the con of the PlayStation 5. and we talked about it um, on on the on the podcast already. But something really weird was announced this week, and I've seen a lot of people people argue about this online. So I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on that. Um, the PS5 uh, Slim will have this optional disk drive, you know, uh, you can attach, and you ha it requires an internet connection to connect. And of course, um, 
the whole idea of, of of a disk drive is that you have the disk to play, you know, offline. To like people always say, oh, what about game preservation? We need disks for game preservation because if the online service is shut down, and now the disk drive itself needs uh, the online connection to be uh, an internet connection to connect. Um, what do you think about this? Uh... I mean, it, it it shouldn't, but I, I understand why they have, even though it's ridiculous now. Um, but the reason, of course, is is DRM. They don't want sure. people modifying the drive so that they can read copyright discs, yes. uh, chip discs, like you like you could do with the PlayStation One. Everybody, like even I had a chipped PlayStation One, and you got dodgy games that were just written on the disc from. APKs and that was yeah. it done. You could just emulate whatever you want to do without buying a game. Um, the vast majority of people did at that point. I think at some point in the in the latter part of the PlayStation One generation, we had a, a chip PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and that's what they want to avoid with the PlayStation Five. They want to avoid people chipping that external drive, and then because that's all you'd have to do. Yeah. You just tell someone to buy a digital one, and then you'd sell a chipped PlayStation drive. And that was it. There you go. There, there goes all of your sales. <laughs> that's it. That, that's that, it. That'll be the be end all. So I understand why they're doing it, but it becomes again. It it adds another level of awkwardness around the fact that there are people that either have no in internet connectivity, um, or people that are in remote places, like people that work on oil rigs and people that work on uh even and people don't think about this but some some forces have limited uh access to to areas and believe it or not when you're on tour with the the armed forces there are uh, what the would class is kind of um r&r points within bases and camps and things like that that have the likes of playstations and xbox and things people can just chill out when they've got time off and they're up they're on on active duty um so it's things things like that where satellite connectivity might not be the best or they might not get connection they might not be able to update all the time um that can be an issue so it has its issues we don't all agree with it mm -hmm. i understand why as much as people hate drm but it's just it's one it's another thing where you just think oh god this is not it's just another thing that playstation don't need right now is the fact that like they're enforcing this heavily on on a removable disk drive that i mean it's a i still think it's a strange thing to provide that option anyway you can buy a playstation 5 digital and you can buy the disk drive separately yeah okay so you've you've still got multiple SKUs now that are irrelevant you've got the original ps5s with plates so you're gonna have to keep making the original playstation 5s because you've already now begun manufacturing on the plates and now you have a digital and or digital with disk drive yeah, like you've got now three SKUs, all with different plates, all with different designs, all with different needs. <laughs> like, oh dear God! Again, it's just a, it just epitomizes PlayStation's disorganization. I think right now. Yeah, it's, that's. I think that's at the very end of the day the the, the main issue that they lack a direction. You know. Yeah. Uh, a proper gamer-friendly, consumer-friendly direction. 
Um, but let's let's move on uh, from this and uh, let's briefly talk about the Xbox earning report. Um, or actually, it was the Microsoft earnings report. But, but with that, of course, we get the uh, the, the Xbox numbers as well. So oh, there was another there's another thing as well, by the way. Um, I was just yeah. seeing in chat there. It only works on one PS5. So once it's yeah, connected James to that one in the chat, yeah. And if it breaks, you need to buy a whole new drive. It's crazy. I didn't <laughs> That's know the worst that. Part. I've seen the it DRM, from Chain. The DRM is not the worst part. The fact that it's only synchronized to a singular, to a singular console, console is the worst. Yeah. That's the worst part. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. That's really... Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what can we say? We, we've said it so many times. Uh, almost everything that PlayStation does these days kind of feels like a ripoff, you know? Yeah. And this is just one other example adding on up on the pile, you know. Um, but yeah, let's bring this over to Microsoft again. Um, they had the, their big earnings call, their, their quarterly earnings uh, call. And uh, before we talk about some of the sales numbers, uh, with that, they announced that... Um, Starfield uh, has reached the 11 million player mark and uh, it, it was um, uh, half half in between console and PC uh, and on launch day they set a record for the most Game Pass subscriptions added on a single day ever yeah. so yeah guess what um all, great, also having great the most games, successful Bethesda IP launch ever, ever as well, ever as well. Yep. So, but yeah, uh, who would have thought? Yeah, having great games uh, is a subscription seller, is a is a mm, who'd, who'd console or system seller. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, it's um, it's a. Uh, it, it, it's it's not really surprising. 11 million players already. Uh, and the game is out, what now, for one and a half months or so. Uh, and yeah. now is a fantastic number. Um, yeah. Again, record-breaking for Bethesda games. Um, Skyrim had the ground so far, uh, obviously. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Starfield, but... There's just something about Skyrim <laughs> that is magical. Um, yeah. And I think it's simply too early for me to tell if I will hold Starfield as near and dear to my heart as I do Skyrim because yeah. I'm still like in the honeymoon phase uh, with the Starfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still yeah. actively playing it and being excited about it and uh and of course uh with skyrim it's it's I've, uh, but i've been playing skyrim I for still, all I a decade think, yeah i like i really like starfield don't get us wrong i love starfield but i still think i hold uh, skyrim above it for yeah. different reasons like there's, there's things that you just remember about skyrim like but foos and then just launching someone off a cliff mm. <laughs> with, a, yeah. with a dragon shout like daft things and then the horses acting weirdly and then the troll would hit you once and you'd fly into the atmosphere and like just all these things, these 
these these nostalgic things that people think back to and then granted it feels a bit clunky and um and it's it's graphically like not the the most up-to-date thing now and it's a little bit outdated but on pc you can modify the death out of it and it looks unbelievable and plays great and things like that now so it, but in terms of what that did i think i felt more with skyrim then than i have with starfield i love starfield don't get us wrong but skyrim's just i still think a, a notch above yeah i mean if if skyrim would come out today the way it it, it, it is even if it's with a little nicer graphics or so, but the same game, uh, it probably also would hit a little different because back in the time, like 11 or what, 12 years ago now, it yeah. it was just mind-blowing, you know what I mean? Um, and then, of course, having played Skyrim for more than a decade now, and I still occasionally play Skyrim, um, it's yeah. like it's a comfort zone game for me. Yeah, usually when I I'm sick I, and have the flu or something, you know, this is a comfort game for me. Just going back there, yeah. and of course, Starfield can't have that right now because I've been only playing Starfield for six, seven weeks now. You know, and we will see in a year or two or three years um, if if Starfield will actually be able to pull me back on a regular basis, you know, and if you if I remember the the stories I've experienced, the discovery as fondly as I do uh, with a lot of cities and things and dungeons in, 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 in Skyrim, if, if I have the same or will develop the same nostalgia for, for the game. This is too early to tell. It is a phenomenal game and um yeah we will just see how how long its breath will actually be so yeah but uh great launch for for starfield and i'm really happy for bethesda being able to deliver in in such a meaningful way um yeah. but yeah um actually we wanted to talk about the the earnings report um, they have reported on their Q1, which is the Q1 of the fiscal year, yeah, and um, uh, it was part only partly driven by Starfield. The gaming revenue increased nine percent on a year-to-year basis, which is the overall gaming revenue that they made. The hardware revenue decreased seven percent. Um, they had uh, uh, about 3.9 billion um, uh, revenue the, this uh, the, this past quarter. Uh, the X- Xbox content and services rose um, 13%, which is also above forecast, uh, which is always good. Uh, but the hardware sales dipped uh, again, uh, third quarter in a row. Um so yeah, what what do you think? Um, why is why is Xbox? They are obviously doing great, great numbers reported here, overall growth, no doubt. But especially they seem to to like in the hardware space, and this is we've talked about this uh, when we see like third party issues having come up with 
games not coming to the platform or running worse on the platform because developers prioritized other platforms. Um, we've seen those kind of issues and it always, or one of the main reasons obviously is install base and they just seem to, to struggle in that regard. Um, what, what do you think? What's the reason behind this? I think the reason mainly for the hardware thing right now is the fact that they're not trying to push hardware. They're just trying to push Game Pass, like games across Game Pass and games across everything, every mm. platform, <clears throat> which has resulted in one of the largest growths in a Q1 um, that they've had yeah. um, for quite some time. But also, it's out what they would class as an out of um, an out of peak peak time. Um, like it's not like the Christmas period. Yeah. It's not the summer period. It's like, it's this weird part of the year and it's one of the largest growths they've had. If not, I think it was maybe almost record setting, um, period for them. So the second um, largest, largest growth. Yeah. 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 So it's shown that them, the, 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 uh, how do we put it? The, the strategy for them to not focus on console and um focus on everything is is kind of paying off yeah. and it is and i think when we start to see and even of course they've said the next one you'll see q2 is going to see 40 percent increases across the board because of the acquisition yeah. um, but that's going to be a one-off um and then then obviously the the changes will be much more incremental again but um it's still a substantial amount, and that's again, it's it's not specifically driven by Starfield, which is strange. Even though Starfield had one of the largest launches that they've had, so um, yeah, it's good to see the strategy paying off. And people who said that it wouldn't are now being proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, services uh, grew thirteen percent, and obviously having great games is playing a big part of this. And with Starfield, they had an absolute banger. Don't know if Forza actually did that much to grow the platform. It was it didn't, but it did have a three hundred percent increase on launch compared to any previous Forza title. Yeah, but it's also the first Forza that uh, came to Game Pass Day One. Exactly, that's so the it, thing. It, it, I think I, it could have had an impact. How big of an impact? Nowhere near as big as Starfield. Nowhere near. Yeah. But I think a few people would have got Game Pass for definitely a, maybe a, a few thousand might have got Game Pass for Forza. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, don't don't think it's it's an IP that actually grows your platform significantly. Substantially, yeah. that's definitely Starfield. Uh, yeah. In terms of hardware, yeah, I mean you're right. They are not pushing it. Um, I wonder sometimes why. Because install base, whether you like it or not, is still key. We, we've seen it many times this year, yeah, where especially third-party developers either not even considering, like a lot of these Japanese Square, you know, uh, comes to mind and others, um, or having the Baldur's Gate situation and so on. But then you also have to factor in availability. The console is still is Series X uh, in particular is still kind of hard to get. It's gotten better, no doubt, but still yeah. probably not where it should be. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not surprised about the hardware thing. I wonder if why they are not, are not trying to push it a little bit more. But the latest 
at least the latest um, advertisement campaigns across Europe and uh, the US, they focus more on, on the console. They put, you know, in these advertisements, even if, like you said earlier, you can argue about how effective actually the, the Vegas sphere, sphere was uh, in terms to yeah get new customers on board. But within that campaign and all the new advertisement trailers and the buses we've seen around and, and so on, the console is actually a thing and now part of the marketing which it hasn't been for a long time. When when you saw an Xbox ad, it was the logo, Xbox logo, it was about Game Pass or about a particular IP. But in in most of the, the marketing campaigns and advertisements, you were barely able to see the actual hardware, you know, on screen, on, on a billboard or whatever. And this is has definitely changed so this tells me okay they want to make clear okay there is a box called xbox you know uh, that you can buy this is not just a microsoft service kind of thing like an uh, like an office product or so so yeah yeah they're pushing it more the the latest campaign that they launched they definitely push it more but it was obviously too late to see it in this earnings report we will see about the next one it will be the next one will be actually an interesting one. We're now having the Christmas period. It's the first holiday season that they have where the console is actually available and they have the proper content. Yeah. You could argue two years ago they had Halo and they had Forza Horizon during the Christmas uh, or holiday season. And during that time they did really well in terms of hardware sales, but they were limited. A to availability and now this has changed and they got the content so it will be an interesting one whether this translates to to growth or not yeah so yep but dutch we are two and a half hours into the show already and we have not yeah we're back to our former uh, <laughs> way of doing podcasts uh, with you yeah being back and energized and uh, so let, let us move to the uh, community questions because I said at the beginning um, that this week we actually do have a couple of great ones and I meant it. And um, so I want to start with Doom Reaper who asks this man, have you ever had to force yourself to put a game down to uh, down because other games were waiting? Um not forced if a game wasn't catching me anyway and i was kind of just playing it because there wasn't anything else there then i'd happily put it down but if there was something that i was truly enjoying i don't put anything down for it regardless of what comes out next like if i'm really enjoying a game yeah. i'll just finish that game and then play the next one um but no unless unless there's something like unless it's a game that i'm like i'm i'm playing a game but I'm not like a hundred percent bought into it. I'm just playing it because there's not much else to play. That's when I drop a game for a different game. Um, but no, I won't ever force myself to drop something because the new games come out. Mm. Unless it's like, for instance, I don't know. Even then, when Ragnarok come out, there wasn't anything beside it. So, That's but it would true, take it would true, take like yeah. a mega IP like that to drop it, like a, like Starfield, for instance. Mm. 
Um, it would take something um, like a mega IP, something I was unbelievably hyped for. Like, for instance, if if um, if Forza had just come out and then like a week later, and and Forza was the only thing, and then a week later Hellblade comes out, I am dropping Forza like it's hot, <laughs> and I'm straight on Hellblade. Um, but yeah, it's it would take a mega IP, but I haven't done it as yet because there hasn't been like a situation in which mm. I've been playing something that I've really enjoyed, but then something else comes out and then I've forced myself to stop playing it. I don't yeah. think I've been in that. I, I, I would, I also wouldn't say I've forced myself to stop playing something. Um, it's, I mean, it's not that I haven't stopped playing games midway through, but I would say I finish 90 even more, 95% of the games that I start, I actually finish. Um, yeah, the vast majority of times as well, I've seen Doom Doom replied in chat there, he said, I meant a game you've already finished. To be fair, the, and again, a lot of people are different, but once I've, including God of War, once I've finished a game, completely finished it, yeah, I find it difficult to replay that game again. Yeah. I, yeah, I really true. do because because I know because it's not like you don't get the surprise of the story beats anymore. Yeah, it doesn't have the same impact with Especially things anymore. Immediately, you know, I yeah. do go, I do go back and replay games, but I do that at least a year, if not two years later after finishing yeah. them. No, I'm, I'm, I can't think of a game that I finished and played it again now you could argue here now about starfield and the new game plus but that's a little different i feel but yeah, yeah there's i'm loving spider-man right now uh truly do love it but there's no way that i'm as soon as i roll the credits i start new game a new game no nope. and play it again i will play it maybe again uh probably again in a year or two but not right now and i wouldn't say i i Forced, ever forced myself to put a game down. What I tend to do sometimes um, is rush games. You know, yeah. um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, I kind of rushed that towards the end because I wanted to finish it because uh, Spider-Man came out, but I did finish it before I put it down. So, yeah. yeah. Jonathan Smith writes in and asks, says this, Hey, Chance, I have often expressed that the annual release cadence for Call of Duty is not sustainable. I also believe that in order for the franchise to evolve, it needs to go outside its scope of thematic choices for settings and tone. Can you guys think of a new setting, real or fictional, that can give a fresh take on the Call of Duty gameplay experience? I personally would love to see Call of Duty try Steampunk. Hmm. It's kind of hard. I, to, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Age of Empires, but modern warfare. Age of... Hmm. I, I could see that working. Yeah, like modern civilizations yes. where you have you have tanks and planes and actual troops and you've got snipers instead of archers. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um. It, it would be kind of like Command and Conquer, but, but, more but, setting, but then but... it would be more realistic because Command and Conquer is like futuristic. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or you could do it, for instance, you could do it in like a World War II setting. Yeah, yeah. 
like historical yeah, I could warfare. See I could see that working, man. Then then you can build things like air bases and things like that, and and then tank factories and yeah, munitions factories and and like there's so many things you can kind of implement. And to be fair, we've got an idea here. So publishers, uh, game developers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hit us up, make an RTS like Age of Empires in World War Two. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I play that. That's that's true. Um, I mean, if I read his question correctly, he wants to where where could Call of Duty itself go with its setting? Uh, I mean, what do where you, haven't they already been? Is the is the issue? Yeah, it, it, I mean, Infinity. What was it called? Infinity. Uh, Call Infinite, of Duty. Infinite, Infinite War. Warfare, Warfare yeah. was like already sci-fi space yeah. yeah we had i mean they could go down way back in history you know and i i mean like early mid ages with the first cannon cannons and uh, first pistols and, and um yeah and and archers. civil war civil Wait. war <laughs> it is it's and yeah, they've all done all kinds of futuristic kind of stuff. So if you would go really crazy, I could go them like you know cyberpunkish. Um, yeah, could could obviously work. So I don't know, kind of kind of kind of tough question there, man. Uh, let's stay on Call, oh. Call of Duty real quick. Captain Crunch is writing in. Do we really need the newest Call of Duty Day One release ballooning the cost of Game Pass? Does Day One a Call of Duty ever launch on Game Pass? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it uh, will. Uh, in the future, yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. 24 or latest 25, you will get Call of Duty Day 1. And I don't think yeah. that Call of Duty is going to balloon the cost of Game Pass. No, um, no, quite the opposite. Quite yeah. the opposite. Because you'll, you'll massively increase Game Pass subscriptions, it will. Uh, I mean, it, it will, because yeah. the moment people find out that Call of Duty is on Game Pass, will subscribe to Game Pass. And it will also bring in players that usually thing, people, don't play Call of Duty. Into and people the keep saying, oh, well, yeah, but then they're going to lose out on the on the, yeah, on yeah. the the how much people buy the game for. That's not what they make their money from. They do not make their money from the £10 uplift that they have per per unit. Yeah, They make their money from all of the microtransactions in, in Warzone, which is remaining yeah. multiplat, and as is Call of Duty. And that's what the money comes from like that's that's where they get their billions from not the unit sales they don't get nout from the unit sales like almost nothing almost nothing warfare war, modern uh, sorry warzone is where where the money comes from for call of duty mm. absolutely and i don't I, I i agree i don't see um that ballooning the cost so no. dave ramos writes in and shout out to him, by the way. He's enjoying fatherhood. He recently became a father, uh, enjoying that uh, much. I had a talk with him the other day in the DMs. So shout out to Dave. He says, okay, okay. An ARM Xbox doesn't seem so crazy anymore. So hypothetically, would you eat a pineapple on pizza if it meant Xbox would offer you both the chance to test their next possible ARM console during development and provide feedback. Tough choices. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a, uh, slice yeah. Of, a slice of pineapple on pizza. But absolutely, no absolutely. More. If I get to be like a beta tester for the next Xbox console, whether it be ARM or not, 
Absolutely, absolutely. I absolutely. But what what do you think, Arm? He's not wrong here. Um, oh yeah, I, yeah. The, the, definitely, the, the vast majority of Windows like um, based um, laptops and devices and things like that going forward are going to be using Arm. So yeah, uh, if not all of them. So yeah, it's a poss It's a real possibility that they might look into Arm for the Xbox console. You never know. When we don't know where ARM is going to be performance-wise in the year, what, 2028, which is probably yep. the date for the next generation, um, we don't know. Them making these big moves um, in the laptop space now um, towards ARM definitely makes a lot of, you know, um, compatibility issues less of a problem. Um because they will be able to run PC games, which the console games basically are, uh, to run on that architecture. Mm. I wouldn't rule it out of the possible, but in terms of performance, I still see a, see a difference here, you know. And they are not doing gaming laptops in ARM. They are doing the office laptops in, in, in ARM architecture. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether we will see uh, an ARM architecture in the next consoles, but obviously they kind of look into that. Um, it's one of the things we learned from the leaks a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah, we shall see. Fanto Sir writes in and says, "Evening, brothers. So after another Xbox showcase and still no secret Sony show, when do we think uh, we'll see anything from first-party Sony ever again? It feels like PlayStation has lost their release mojo, apart from premium-priced hardware, of course." So yeah, that's just. I mean, we talked about Sony a lot earlier in the show, but when do you think we will see anything new from the first party? Studios. <laughs> at some point next year. We're not going to hear from them at all this year. Mm. At all. Yeah. You look if you see, I don't even think you'll see anything at the Game Awards, and that's that's strange. I really don't. You might maybe see Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah, maybe. yeah, but that's not, that's not Sony. Yeah, not Sony. I agree. Like, I agree. It, it's a timed exclusive, but even then, like Sony didn't get Final Fantasy on their own show. Jeff yeah. Keighley got it on his show. Yeah. So that shows how low down Sony are. Like, why would Sony not have put Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in their own show? And they didn't even get Spider-Man in their own show. Yeah. Now they haven't got Metal Gear in their own show. Like, it makes... This is... So the, no, I, I have... Uh, right now, because of Sony's... Uh, the way they've done things, as of late... I don't think we'll see a show from Sony until next like year. the end of the first quarter next year minimum. I I agree and and not that's not even going to going to be a, like a bigger showcase. I don't know if they have another PlayStation showcase next year. I would assume so, I would hope so. Uh like somewhere around June like they had this year, yeah. But it waited like it was 2 years and then the show that they produced was just abysmal yes like it had nothing in it nothing nothing it was a real disappointment so yeah i would assume you would at least have to wait till june next year uh or plus minus a few weeks of course 
I think this this year it was mid-May, if I remember correctly, right? So somewhere yeah. around that ballpark of E3 plus minus a few weeks, um, probably when, when we see something next, maybe they have a small weird uh, state of play again uh, before that, but don't expect anything exciting coming from those. The last couple of PlayStation uh, state of plays um, really, really didn't show anything like noteworthy. Yeah. So, Omitoni writes in and says, I'm looking forward to the show, gents. So, so, it's almost over now, but I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> Seen you in the chat earlier. So, but uh, he asks this Seeing more Xbox marketing worldwide is fire. Now, I feel Xbox needs to include familiar mascots and IP references as much as possible to catch the casuals but they often only show the consoles like the bus ad. What else can they do to improve? Well, actually, I think, I mean, on a couple of things we already touched, yeah, right? Uh, but the, the buses are not just consoles. It's consoles plus Starfield plus Forza plus Cyberpunk. Yeah, um, so it's, it's a good mixture. And I actually think that's something that they lacked over the last years, not showing the console. But I do agree they now have with, especially with ABK, so many familiar mascots and IPs. Yeah. I think the differences are as well, Boxy, is the, the way that they show off these games. Now, if you have a look at PlayStation marketing for their first party games, yeah. they're all cinematic or live action trailers. Yeah, None of them are a gameplay. Yeah. And they're all kind of arched towards like a movie kind of reference here. Yeah. So when people see it, they're like, ooh, what is that? And then they see PlayStation at the end of it, and they're just like, okay, I want to play that, or I want to see that. So no one really knows, but it gets them intrigued because it's like this live action, like full of action kind of trailer that they've put together. Whereas Xbox is notoriously Xbox's marketing of their games is gameplay footage. Yeah. And people are just like, ah, okay. Like it's it's strange. People don't really want to see people the casuals are more inclined to look at an action trailer, like a live action trailer for a game that you're marketing than they are actual gameplay. Whereas the people in the community like us really want to see gameplay, gameplay. Yeah. as opposed to the cinematics. And I think you have to have from for the casual marketing, which is essentially what the marketing's for. Yeah. It's not for us, it's for the casuals. You have to go down more the live action route. You I have to totally go down agree. that cinematic experience. If they that's that would have been, I would have given a similar answer uh, uh, to the question: What else can they do? Um, yeah, they need to to change their market. I feel like a lot of the 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 Xbox marketing is focused towards the core community. Um, the showcase the other day, great marketing. The Xbox Partner Program. Great marketing for the hardcores. E3 Showcase. Fantastic for the hardcores. How do you market your brand, your games, your console to the casual audience? If you want to grow, you kind of need to focus on that market. Because as hardcore gamers, we really don't need marketing. We are buying the games regardless. We know about the things that are coming and so on. Uh, do we enjoy a great Xbox showcase? Yeah, 
please don't stop doing them. <laughs> you know, yeah. and continue doing great shows like the Xbox Partner Program and Developer Directs. Absolutely. Don't neglect the hard cause. Yeah, this is what I feel that Sony is doing right now, and it's not good. Because at the very end of yeah. the day, hard costs are also a super important marketing tool for you because they spread the word for yeah. you and your brand. But looking at buses, TV ads, web internet marketing, marketing on the social media channels and your Twitter timelines and Instagram timelines and so on. They have to catch the eye of, of your casuals, of the casuals, and they have to be tailored towards them. Um, I sometimes wonder when I th scroll through TikTok and Microsoft does really long advertisements on TikTok, like literally videos yeah. a minute plus. And that's not the TikTok user. The TikTok user watches five seconds max. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then whip yeah. next. And same on Twitter. Yeah. If you have your Twitter timeline, you need an eye catcher because you're scrolling through the the uh, the timeline and you 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 scroll over the ads. Nobody looks at the ads properly. So you need these eye catching uh, marketing um, bits. You know. Um, And uh, I, one thing I do agree here with Omitoni is leverage the mascots you have now. Put in Crash Bandicoot. You know, Crash Bandicoot hugging the Xbox console or something like that as a billboard poster or so. Put in the mascots um, because that's definitely something where the casuals uh, appeal to. It's not just Crash you could use, but you know what I mean um yeah so yeah we shall see how they will do it with the abk and everything but dutch let's come to an end of this show it has been an absolute blast today uh we talked about so many things it was kind of hard to keep you know i was trying to, to to put down the uh what are they called um show, show notes for the um, yeah. timestamps it was kind of hard to track because uh, we skipped around so much but that's always when you can tell that's a good show <laughs> yeah uh, so thanks everyone who tuned in here today thanks a lot for the super chats and of course for all the channel members that do support here we super appreciate you but we most importantly hope that you also all uh, all the people that watched your live today had a blast um And so, yeah, thank you for that. And Dutch, let everyone know what you've coming up. Yes, indeed, indeed. So next week is just the usual. So we've got the podcast on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, UK, uh, that's uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, wait a second, because the clocks go back for us on the weekend. Oh, we have that in two weeks. Um. So maybe it's 1 p.m. or maybe it's at 3 p.m. I don't know. Either 2 or 3 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I, um, honestly, I also can't remember for 40 years on this planet. And to this day, I can't remember if we go 
from summer to winter time, yeah, whether we turn the, the clock an hour forward or backward. I have no idea. I, I just winter's can't. back, summer's forward. If you say so. Yeah. Could be vice versa. So we'll I could an hour on the weekend. I have no yeah. idea. Um Oh, sorry, gain an hour on the week on the weekend, but it means that we get darker on the night time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, 7 p.m. UK, <laughs> whatever that translates into um, for the rest of the world. Um, on Wednesdays, um, on Tuesdays, Fridays and Saturdays, you'll find me on Twitch at 8 p.m. Um, at uh, Midweek Mixup. And uh, the following week, um, will be the start of the uh, charity drive. Oh, yeah. So we're raising for special effect. Uh, we're doing a week-long um, bunch of streams, but ending on the 11th and 12th with a 24-hour marathon stream. Um, so raising for special effect. And, of course, um, we'll have links and everything posted um, a little bit closer at the time. We've already um, – and shout-out to uh, both Fantosa and Dave um, Ramos as well for the early donations – um, and we've already got thirty-seven pounds out of the fifteen hundred target, so we've got a good start there. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll be we'll be pushing that a little bit closer at the time. But uh, yeah, that's that's our big one in the next couple of weeks. The the charity drive, the annual charity drive. So, yeah, uh, that's it. You can find me everywhere at Wondering Dutch um, or on X or Twitter as Wondering Dutch X. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, looking forward to the charity stream. You've been doing that for, I think, the f- three years now. Yeah, three years we've raised now, is it already? Three, yeah. This will be, and we've raised almost 5,000 so far. It would take us to um, around about, in terms of dollars, about $7,000 if we hit our target this year. Um, Just raised pretty, for charity. Pretty impressive and an awesome thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely go out there. Uh, Follow and do support if you if you can. Um, other than that, we are back next week, hopefully with a guest uh, who hasn't confirmed hundred percent yet, but we shall see. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, we will be back Thursday, um, whatever time, the regular time uh, for for us here seven ish seven ish. Eight ish <laughs> here in Germany and whatever that is, if you turn clocks or not around the world. I know every country does it. It's also something so, <clears throat> so weird about the time turning. Yeah, uh, the people in the US do it on a different uh, in a different week than than mainland re- Europe, UK is doing. Yeah, it's like weeks later. Though it's not even like a different week. It's like weeks later. <laughs> yeah, like two or three weeks later. So. For yeah. the next two or three weeks, it will be a different time for the our US viewers to listen to the world of gaming because uh, UK turns first and mainland Europe turns and then UK US turns and it's like, yeah, whatever time it is, I will figure it out by the next week. But other than that, I do hope you're going to have an awesome weekend. It's uh, The weekend is almost here. Do enjoy some games. There's so much to play right now. Plenty of awesome games. So, yeah, uh, and if you do want to talk about gaming, hit us up on the socials, and otherwise we see you guys next week, and don't forget to game on.